Have you ever had someone recommend something to you? Have you ever asked for a recommendation? Have you ever taken a recommendation you regretted? Do you have something you want to recommend? Welcome to Recommended, recommended to, to Me by, by a friend. friend. Join two college friends with vastly different opinions and wildly different tastes as we push the boundaries of friendship by forcing ourselves to take each other's movie recommendations. And we will discuss whether it was worth our time or if one of us owes the other a drink. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Leah. And this is Recommended, recommended to Me by a Friend. Good drink. Like a hard drink. Like a hard drink. Got yeah. some moonshine. <laughs> of course you do. You will listen to me. Listen! The brethren will still be looking here to us. To the Black Pearl to lead. And what will they see? Frightened bilge rats aboard a derelict ship? No. No, they will see free men! And freedom! And what the enemy will see is the flash of our cannons. They will hear the ring of our swords and they will know what we can do! By the sweat of our brows and the strength of our backs and the courage of our hearts. Gentlemen, hoist the colors. So we are back, and this is a great film. Is it, though? I will... Well, wait a minute. What do you mean? I mean, I remember watching this at 17 years old and being all super hyped for it, and I had spent that entire year on that cliffhanger that was left from Pirates 2 being super excited and trying to come up with all the different storylines that they could possibly come up with based on all the stuff that they provided in the second movie and then I watched this and I went the f except at the time I actually didn't know what the word f was so I didn't say that I think I just sat there sad in my Will Turner shirt which I still have somewhere yeah alright so I was I didn't like it going I mean it's this, fun going but I this, didn't like it we are on opposite sides of the coin and what? I I feel like we can meet, we can, we can reach an accord. I feel like we can get to a Do you have an accord? We shall. So, like you said, we were dealing with the clusterfuck that was yeah. the ending of the second film. Yeah. And you're 100% right. They could have gone a million places. Yeah. But they took it in a whole new scary tangle of mess. You know what that's called? Is it a clusterfuck? Yeah. Okay. So, and you know why it's called a clusterfuck? Why is it called a clusterfuck? Because it's a cluster of fucks. And it makes a mess. And doesn't make any sense. And apparently, they're, we're just going to take every aspect of, of Shakespearean and literary styles of storytelling, and we're going to have a wedding and a funeral all at the same time. All right. So... Is it a comedy? Is it a tragedy? We don't know, because we don't understand literature. I'm sorry I'm talking to you, writers. Okay, I'm excited. I don't know anything, but I also know things, and I know that ain't it. I am really excited to have this discussion with you, because you and I have known each other. This is like 16 years. <laughs> All right, Leah. I love watching your face as you just start laughing at me. 
I want to like pet your hair down <laughs> to calm you down like you're a horse. It's not happening. Your um, horses don't calm down that way. You give them cookies. But also, I don't want to like lose you a tell finger. Them, Whoa. And that's oh, how shush. that's how people lose fingers is they With pet horses. They pet agitated horses and Leah's. So all right. So here's the thing though. Just so we're all on the same page. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Leah. And this is recommended to me by a friend. And I need you to keep that in mind, Leah. We're friends. Oh, no, we're friends. We're friends. We're friends. Today, we are going to be discussing Pirates of the Caribbean. At World's End. At World's End. Yeah. At World's End. So let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay. Now. I'm just going to sit over here sipping my tea. You're going to my own business. You're going to be okay, man. We're going to get through this. So... Here's the thing. You had the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which again yes. was one of the very last ones that Walt Disney actually worked on. And population, interest in the ride was slowly diminished, but it was still a classic. Mm-hmm. And then they came up with this movie in 2003, right? Mm-hmm. And what they really did, they did with the impossible. They caught lightning in a bottle. So within three years, what did they do? Hold up. So, okay. Did we in the the first time we discussed this, did we even comment on the fact that there for a hot minute, it was very popular to create movies based on Disney rides slash just rides in general? Because there was like the Country Bears movie. And then there was like the, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion. Was, this, was that all after Pirates? It was. It was? Weirdly enough. Because um... I seem to remember that they were they were beforehand... And that's what made Pirates be such a surprise, because we were expecting, oh boy, it's another Country Bears. Which, I'm not saying that Country Bears is bad, but I'm also saying Country Bears is bad. You are right. Country Bears was 2002. Okay. A year before Pirates. Okay. But yeah, so that that really goes back to what we are saying. The first episode of Pirates is Mm -hmm. pirate movies were not good. Mm-mm. And then, and then would... you have this sort of franchise, which is almost like 70s style disaster movie type just mess. Now, The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy came out in 2003. Did it? It did. Was it like post-Pirates or pre-Pirates? Are you Release date actually have November trouble? 2000. Release date November 2003? 2003. Pirates was July. But I would have assumed they'd have been working on Haunted Mansion before they, the Pirates, the original Pirates, was going to do really, really well. And Haunted Mansion was going to just be the Haunted Mansion. Actually, no. They thought it was going to be a real kid-friendly crowd pleaser because you had Eddie Murphy, who, by the way, early career, not super, super kid-friendly. No. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. because... So, you had this movie. What they did was they caught lightning in a bottle. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they did whatever studio does when they accidentally catch lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. That is, they decided they were going to do a cash cow. They, they got that cash cow and they were going to trot it yeah. around. So, three years after that, they came out with this other movie. Mm-hmm. Now, what a lot of people, I don't know, it's sort of 50-50, some people know, some people don't, is the fact that they were filming Pirates 2 and 3 simultaneously. Simultaneously. And they've done that with a lot of different movies and TV franchises and whatnot because partially for, I, I'm guessing, money-saving purposes and also just to kind of get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is they're trying to film this all at once, film this entire storyline all at once, and the story wasn't fully written yet. Pesky little and problem, yeah. that's the yeah. problem because they're like, we got to get this started. 
and you know you can you can only sort of improv so much especially and, with film and we did touch on this in the last episode the first three imbd the uh trivia entries for pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest mm-hmm. are about how things were made up on the spot and improv by the crew and cast so the end result was a little i'm gonna go ahead and say muddled yeah. and then we get to the third film now the third film had a very interesting task to fulfill because going in it was set up to be a trilogy It was not an option. There was 100% going to have to be a third film. And they knew that. They knew that when they were, quote-unquote, writing it. Mm -hmm. And they knew when they were filming it. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they sort of allowed themselves to leave a lot of open-ended questions in the second film. When you write a story, you don't foreshadow without following up on your foreshadowing. Well, apparently they do. Well... English on my ACT. Thank you very much. So That's not a great brag, but still, I know how to write a dang story. And that's how you write it. It's not the worst brag either. No, I guess not. But that's the thing. Particularly when you're it's it's not even just when you're reading something. When you're watching something, Mm -hmm. that's part of how you keep the viewer, A, coming back and cluing them in a little bit so that they feel like that they are able to keep up with what's happening. You okay. put a little bit of foreshadowing in there and you make them you make them guess. You make them think they know what's happening. Which is something that the first movie did very well. Fantastic. Now... And the second one, you thought that's what you were getting, but then there were several, many, many things where you went, hold up, what? So let's, I would say, let's go ahead and get into it. And we're going we're gonna to really break this down. As I said before, this franchise is... A love story told from a modern perspective and i've slightly touched on this before i fell in love with this franchise it was a summer romance and then whenever i knew it was going to be something more than just a one-time fling we tried to make a go of it with the second film and things were said that were hurtful and upsetting and i things things were just said we'll leave it at that now the third movie was an option for redemption and I will say this, I am excited, like I said, I'm excited to have this discussion with you. And I'm even more excited to record it and distribute it. Because, and this is kind of interesting, in recent weeks I've been made aware that as it turns out, it's more than just my dad listening. What? We have two listeners? We have maybe at least two. I'm very excited. We have at least two? So there's a they? <laughs> uh, yeah. A them? Yes. And... We just have a non-binary collective of listeners? That's fantastic. I'm going to be really honest with anybody listening right now. For a while, Leah and I just like to pretend that they were listeners. You know, it was a fun little, <laughs> little pretend game. It's, I mean, we record this in a closet. There are costumes. Well, there were costumes. We don't wear the costumes. the costumes. We don't wear the costumes. Please make sure you understand that. I like to go around wearing tiaras and dancing around, and I like to play pretend. Leah wears her signature fedora. I wear my flower crown. That's I'm how we go to worn my fedora in a while. Well, that's what you wear every day in the in the cover art. Oh, yeah. right, that's right. Anyway, so are you ready to dig into this? Like a pirate digging up treasure, I'm ready to dig into it and turn it on its head. Got a little Irish there. I'm quoting a little bit of pirate. Do do you want to hear my accent? It's perfect Italian-American. And this is it. Because I am, in fact, (laughs) Italian-American. 
with some surfer vernacular a la Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted <laughs> Theodore <laughs> Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So that brings us into Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. At World's End. I'm going to let this Scottish thing keep flowing in and That out. was Irish. Okay. Okay, I'm not sure what that was, to be perfectly honest. It was just a pirate voice. Before we move on, what is in that tea? (laughs) All right, so we begin our film with a very, very, very sad and downtrodden peoples of Port Royal, and they are just getting all sorts of Just hung right and left. It's crazy. Women, children, men. They look really... Like, they've clearly been in prison for a while, and what's happening is, of course, Cutler Beckett has just taken over and anybody that's you know convicted of piracy suspected of piracy suspected of aiding and abetting some a person uh that's committed piracy anybody known to consort with a pirate so i guess technically if you ever did the laundry of a pirate unwittingly yeah you were in trouble oh yeah by decree all persons found guilty of piracy or aiding a person convicted of piracy or associating with a person convicted of piracy shall be sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. You know, come on, man. He pretty much obliterated Port Royal. Decimated Port Royal. Totally decim- Total decimation. In the theater, there was a point where, again, I went to go see this opening night. Had to. Had to, had to, had to. I think we also saw it. Yeah, I think we also went to see it opening night. It's I remember it was think- like... I think we went to it like a, they had an eight o'clock showing and a midnight showing, and we went to like the eight o'clock showing. Went to the midnight, had to do it. I think we had a reason why we couldn't do the late one, but yeah. Whenever I first saw it, I kept expecting them to like not hang the first group, and the first group we gets went hung. for my mom's birthday. That's why. oh cool. Happy birthday, Leah's mom! It's not your birthday, but this is the movie. It was that you at the time it came out in May. Yeah, May twenty fifth. Okay, yeah. So we went to see it for my mom's birthday. Cool. So her birthday's the twenty eighth of May. Huh. And so Whenever. I guess we went to see it sort of as an early birthday thing, I guess. Oh. I don't know. All right. So there was a point where, you know, you see, like, group after group. It's not just men, and it's not just women. There is, for some reason, like, the group of five is walked mm-hmm. up, two go to the left, two go to the right. Front and center is a little child, a small That's boy. That's stupid. I'm sorry. Yes, I know. We're trying to evoke feels from the audience because there's a child. But come on. You're going to hang this kid for what? He was so little, he had to be put on a barrel. That's just, no. Now, here's what I I remember whenever the kids... All we're doing is trying to evoke feels. Well, yeah. We're not telling the story at this point. We are evoking feels. I always thought that it had to be a child that sang this song. Now, I'm not exactly sure why, but something about innocence, I don't know. I was thinking about it. But anyway, so this kid is marched up, and he's holding a piece of eight. And the kid starts singing. Mm Mm-hmm. The king and his men stole the queen from her bed. He bound her in her bones. The seas be ours and bite the powers. Other people in their chains mm-hmm. start seeing. By the way, fun little tidbit: if you watch the line, it's like the shot where you're looking like down the line of people. There's this one woman 
who like steals the show every single time she's in her chains and just the face she's making at the nearest guard i'm always like you get it girl like i just want to be her friend <laughs> Um, I'll have to go back and watch that scene and look for her. She's the first chick in the lineup, uh-huh. and you can tell she's the only one that's, like, actively acting with the guard. Like, she's <laughs> just staring daggers at him. But they start singing this song together. Mm-hmm. Cutler Beckett is having some tea, and his admiral or whatever guy second comes up, and he's like, Sir, they've started to sing. And Beckett says, Finally. And then, I'm like, okay, great, they're not going to hang this group of people. Nope, they Because, like, that, that would make sense, right? They're not going to hang this group of people, because all you need was the song. Mm-hmm. They pull the lever, and then you see the piece of eight, mm-hmm. probably, like, the boy was holding fall mm-hmm. and then you get the title i loved every bit of that because the simplicity of it and it tells you everything you need to know about beckett and it also tells you a lot more about this tone we are not effing around yeah maybe that's what it was it was maybe it was because i watched the beginning and i was like okay this is gonna be epic and then it just sort of spirals downhill from there it's like a roller coaster that they forgot to finish and we're just sort of jetted off into the unknown where nothing makes sense. I just, I had this image. But we do, it still makes sense because we know we're on or were on a roller coaster. I have this image of the roller coaster just shooting out to sea. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and the Kraken catches it. Oh, man. All right, so yeah, I think it's a great intro. Mm-hmm. And then, without any time wasted, you go straight to Singapore. Mm-hmm. And you kind of start catching up. It does this thing that the second movie was not good at. Where they just trusted the audience to start following along, mm-hmm. but at a reasonable pace. Yeah, true. Elizabeth is there. She's very, like, at first it looks like she's going to be damsel in distress, and then immediately, like, Barbosa's going to bail her out, and immediately she's like, no, I'm here to play. And they go to see Cao Feng. Mm-hmm. Feng, played by Chao Yun-fan. Mm-hmm. He, at the time, was this huge, 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 huge major star, but in... Eastern cinema, we'll call it. And so he was excited to be a part of this. He wanted to be a part of this this saga. And so he got brought in. And it's very interesting because I do really love Cao Feng. Mm. Because of just like... I like the concept where you see a lot of different... You don't just see this British piracy that's happening. Yeah. You see it throughout the world. And you also see that as barbaric as we've seen the, our pirates behave in the first and second film, mm-hmm. you see a much more cutthroat nature mm-hmm. from these other pirates, and you get to see how they interact with each other. I'm not saying by any means that other cultures are more cutthroat, but what I am saying is that together, they kind of bring out this ferocity. Mm-hmm. Which I love seeing that dynamic. I love seeing Mistress Chin, who she's... <laughs> she's great. She's amazing, but she's based off a real character, but we'll get mm-hmm. there. I'm sorry, based off a real person, but we'll get there. Anyway, so they go to get Cao Feng. Mm-hmm. They want a ship and a crew. Mm-hmm. And Cao Feng says, he's like, hey, cuckoo, kachoo, I don't want to do that. Plus, hey, here's the thing. Caught this dude stealing from me and pulls Will out of the water. Here's a little commentary I just want to make, and it's it's short. But it's something I remember observing from day freaking one was... They're talking for a while. 
He'd be super dead. He'd be so dead. He'd be at least very much passed out, if nothing else. And he comes up out of there, he's all... (gasps) Best case, he is severely brain damaged. (laughs) Worst case, he's just super Well, according to you, he already is with your big, strong brawn. Hey, he is big, strong brawn. Case in point, apparently he just went in guns a-blazing to try to steal from Selfang. That's... Fair. They caught him with like no effort. So much to the point they didn't even but wasn't need to that, show like, it. Part of their plan? No, they wanted him to steal the charts. But here's the thing: it might be argued that maybe Will potentially dawdled because his plan was to always double cross the rest of the crew because he wanted the pearl. Mm-hmm. He wanted to trade Jack for the pearl to Selfang. That might be true. Anyway, so he gets caught, and Elizabeth. Kind of gives him away just a little bit, just and I don't blame her. He's like, I mean, I stab he's, him. He's threatening to stab him or cut up his face or whatever, and I'd do the same thing. It happened a lot. Oh, many times. There have been many pirate occasions where I have been very concerned for the state of my pirate lover. Why did you ever bring me to this stuff? I would love to do like. Did like you want to be stuff. there with me with my pirate lover? As long as I have to be your pirate lover, then yeah, I'm down to clown. You're not my pirate lover. Okay. 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 But could I, like, get a pirate lover? We could find you a pirate lover. Okay. And by that, I mean, like, somebody who equally loves pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate where that went. What, what, did, what, did, what did you mean? Oh. Same thing, right? Yes. Yeah, same thing. Okay. <laughs> so much sexier. Sexy times! Like playing Pirate's Life, which is a version of life, but it's pirate-based. I own that, too. I, I own too. that, and I own Pirate Seen It. Okay, we gotta play that after. Yes, we do. All right, okay. I like that you're the one that suggested this, and we both have, like, we're like, oh, man, I got so much to bring to the table, and we, like, bring out all this pirate stuff from way back when. Yep. Anyway, so Leah's gonna find me a dude that loves pirates. So, anyway. I didn't say anything about a dude. Well, I... (laughs) Well, I also didn't say anything about it being young or old or male or female. I just said pirate lover. If you could find me... And the way you defined it, it doesn't mean that there's going to be any sexy times at all. They just have to, by default, love pirates. I feel absolutely no sexual attraction to Hector Barbosa. That's not true. Some. But, you know, he minimal... has a quality. But that being said, I would definitely want to be friends with Hector Barbosa. Oh, yes. Just, like, bring him around for, like, Sunday tea, just, like, around my aunts. <laughs> I would be like, yes. here's more rum. Please continue to talk in all the ways. We either are not drinking nearly enough rum to be doing this. We have not been. We should have been. Okay. So, I like this concept where... They're like, we're going to kill Will. And Elizabeth's like, <gasps> and so they're like, nope, uh-huh, I caught you. It's like, okay, well, here's the thing. We, it's like, you double-crossed me. It's like, no, we didn't. And then it turns out the rest of the crew's underneath the bathhouse, and they do the swords, mm-hmm. and they're ready to fight. And then a really interesting thing happens. Salfang notices there is a tattoo on one of the men that is now uh, dripping because dripping, it's mm-hmm. not a real tattoo. And so he immediately grabs him and he says, you know, you stop or I kill the man. And Barbosa... And they're like, he's not our man. Yeah, Barbosa, kill, kill the man. He actually looks around. He's like doing a head count. He's like, kill him. He's not our man. And then Will points out, he's, well, not, he's not our man, then whose is he? And the British show up. Bust in! Because apparently they were listening outside the door. This whole time. I mean... They had a bug in there. They had a robot. They I invented... Bet. They invented... Electronic surveillance to put yes. in the bathhouse. Yes, they did. That's pretty cool. Yep. There were cameras. There was computers. The whole nine yards. Xiaofeng. Xiaofeng. Got it. Had a... had a, There was one of the one of the little steam girls. Had, like, a wire. 
the Steam Girls, that's something to bring up. Because at one point they're talking about Jack Sparrow and they both do like a little giggle. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. And then later, the British show up and one of them just gets shot in the face. Yeah. And then another one gets shot out in the alley, point blank, while she's like struggling. But like, again, we are not effing around. And this is all the British. It's very clear. British are bad. Yeah. From the perspective of this movie. Now, here's a fun little tidbit. Just like a tiny, tiny, tiny little tangent. In 2008, there was a game that came out that was sort of like World of Warcraft, only it was based around Pirates of the Caribbean. And the financial crisis of 2008. Okay. I don't remember what it was called. I think it was just called Pirates Online. Hmm. Okay. So it was this game. is very much like World of Warcraft. Subsequently, my friends and I that played it, it was back in the day with my roommate, Michael, mm-hmm. um, who I've talked about several times in this show, and a couple of others. We managed to play this and we realized we were not we were like in a in like a beta testing mm-hmm. thing but we weren't in the same group because we kept trying to find each other and mm-hmm. form guilds but it's a lot like warcraft so subsequently we kept calling it pirates wow that's funny and here's the thing like you're a pirate right and you have to like rise above the ranks and you can like get gold and, and get like a little schooner and then you can like upgrade your ship as you go and then you can get in raids in the open water waters you have to go and get supplies you go to different islands you can encounter characters like elizabeth swan or josh me gibbs i think eventually if you'd played long enough you would have been able to find like the the upper tiers like nice. sparrow or barbosa nice. but the major antagonist was the redcoats i kid you not and i was like i don't feel super great about straight up murdering redcoats but I guess coming off the heels of this movie, the British were not the cuddly kittens that we would like them to be. This in was other pre-revolution. Films. This is pre-revolutionary war America. So yeah, yeah. So the British are coming. The British are coming, and they are straight up gonna stab a pirate. So they're gonna cut a bitch. That was the original. That the was original Paul Revere's ride. That was actually in there. A lot of people know that the British are coming. The British are coming. They gonna cut a bitch. Get get your guns. They gonna cut a bitch. Hide your children, hide your wives. <laughs> British are coming, they're gonna cut a bitch. <laughs> British are coming, they're gonna cut a bitch. <laughs> so kids, take that to your history okay. teacher. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> For any kids that are listening, uh, please don't quote that. You will not make a good grade. No, uh, here's the thing. You tell your teachers. I told you. Until she... I, I am a proud owner of a college degree. Yeah. Not going to go into which level. The point is... <laughs> the point is... Or what kind of useless major I had. You bought it. By the way, if you want to know what major I had, guess what? It doesn't matter, because case in point, I'm sitting in a closet <laughs> doing hey, a podcast. this is a walk-in closet, man. <laughs> to be fair, there's actually a lot of room in this dang closet. Will, in all the craziness, mm-hmm. tell Feng, hey, I super, super need those charts that you wouldn't give Barbosa, because here's the deal. I'm a trade... Those charts in exchange for Jack Sparrow. How's about that? And he doesn't stop Xiaofeng though. Xiaofeng. He does. He does talk to Xiaofeng. I thought he was talking to the other guy. Nope. Straight up Xiaofeng. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure. I'm like 97. When he pulls like the knife on him. Yeah. And then he like flips it around. I don't think that's. I don't think that's him. I think it's the. No. Never mind. It is him. It's the other guy. And Mercer's listening. Mercer's listening. That's what I. It, what I was thinking of. Okay. Never mind. Mercer, or as we like to call him, Mr. Creepy Fucker. Is that what we're calling him? That's what we used to... Oh, no, that wasn't you. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Creepy Pants? Sure. Mercer also works. We used to call him Mercer. I mean, it's creepy enough aim as it is. Unless, well, okay, that's a no offense to Matt Mercer, who does... 
Critical Role. So maybe not. It's a show. Okay, I was like, it's a D and D show. I get it now. I'm with you. I'm with you. So they leave Singapore. Mm-hmm. So what we think the name of the ship is is the Empress. The Empress, and that's Sal Feng's ship. It's a beautiful ship. Mm-hmm. I have been gifted a spectacular snow globe. It's way bigger than you'd think it is, oh. and it's got that ship inside it in the waters, and it has like black confetti, and it has like a little fan underneath it, so it pushes the confetti mm-hmm. or like the little glitter over, and there's a key, which I love keys, but a key that if you turn it in the back, it is a music box. And oh, cool. And it plays um, Pirate's Life for me. Cool. It's hauntingly beautiful. And sometimes I play it because I'm like, I'm in a really good mood. And then I just get really bummed out. <laughs> oh. Because it reminds me of this movie, but we're going to get there. <laughs> it's a bittersweet. It's a bittersweet. Okay. Anyway. So they're on the Empress. And they take the charts, they use it to go to Davy Jones' locker. Mm-hmm. Now, effectively, I want to ask you about this. Do you think that they technically die? No. I think it's one of those, like, you know, you, you pay the uh, you pay the ferrier your gold to go down into Hades kind of thing. You're not necessarily dead unless you are a, one of the dead that is you know, sentenced to Hades. Um Unless you, like, touch the waters or whatever, the whatever storyline we're going with here. I was about to say, we're, we're kind of mixing up a little mythology here. At this point, I don't really care. <laughs> but the point is, is I don't think you're technically dead if you intentionally go there. Go to the land of the dead yeah. and see the dead. Yeah, it would be like Dante's Inferno, but Dante was dead. I like that. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so far on the reading list, definitely check out <laughs> Dante's Inferno and Paul Revere's Ride, right. but the special version that says, the British are coming, the British are coming. Get your guns, they gotta cut a bitch. So, they go, one of my favorite shots, mm-hmm. and it, it was something truly spectacular, and it can't be duplicated off of the big screen, but it goes to total blackness, mm-hmm. and you see a field of stars. Yeah, okay. Yes. So you see a field of stars. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And, and that was really pretty. What's really impressive is, at first you think you're just looking at the sky, and mm-hmm. then you realize slowly, you see a ship entering from the left, and it's slow, and it breaks the waters, and you see mm-hmm. the stars are being reflected on the waters. And you see this beautiful, the Empress, if that's what it's really called, the Empress is a striking ship to mm-hmm. be silhouetted. Because it's got this very wonderful Asian feel to it um, mm-hmm. with the, the architecture and the design. And mm-hmm. then the sails are stunning. And Are they red? They are. Mm-hmm. Well, no. No, they're sort of like an earthy... Kind of a rust. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking of the Queen's Anne's Revenge. Yes, I am thinking of the Queen Anne's Revenge. But we'll get there. Oh, on so many things. <laughs> but anyway, one of the last things that you hear mm-hmm. whenever they go over the falls mm-hmm. is... You actually hear some audio directly from the parts of the Caribbean ride. Hmm. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right before, right before they end up in the, I guess, afterlife, underworld, purgatory, wherever it is, the, uh, Davy Jones locker. That's the one. Um, I mean, one of the quotes from there is "Show them the larboard side, dearie," and that scene has been cut. Huh. From the pirates' uh, ride. Huh. But because that's... that's when they were like auctioning off the women. Mm-hmm. They end up. Uh, you don't actually see their predicament, because we're immediately taken into the locker. One of the most disputed scenes in this movie. One of three most. Now, this this uh, scene, how would you describe it? 
I would describe it as probably being an excellent representation of what the world sort of presumes Johnny Depp's brain looks like. And I'm not saying that's how his brain is. I'm just saying that's how the perception kind of became there for a while because lots of, of pirates and that lots of jacks, lots of various versions of jacks. Um, the jack hitting on the goat. Uh, the, he does hit on a goat. He hits on a goat. He, there's like a goat sitting there he's and being, he keeps like scooting closer to the goat. He's being really gentlemanly about it, though. He is. That is very true. It's almost very cute until you remember. It's a goat. It's a goat. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Anyway. It felt like they had a scene in mind, but it wasn't really written. And it, it felt like one of those that might not have been entirely written and got a little bit of improv going on. Okay. So maybe that was the case. Counterpoint. Okay. I like seeing the different facets. I like seeing him be a deckhand as well as a captain. I like seeing him be a captain and giving orders. The same as I like seeing him take, albeit from himself, but taking the orders and doing like the different boat things. Also, I like seeing him be sort of the underling that's like, you know, just give a man a chance. And then the ruthless pirate who's like, that's exactly what got us into this mess in the first place. And also, you said before, you're going in this with a crush on Orlando Bloom. That's true. My eye candy was one really disgusting pirate in the form of Captain Jack Sparrow. And there's a point where he's got, like, you know, the shirt off and he's got all the tattoos. That's true. And he's got those arms that are just very much shaped like arms. And you're just like... (laughs) How are arms shaped, Aubrey? like Like a warm hug on a rainy afternoon that's also sunny and you know you're gonna get to take a nap. I like those arms. Those are the best arms! But anyway, I also really liked how you have him giving out, you know, you can see him being this ruthless guy, and then it does, it sort of turns, and you realize he's just talking to himself, and I love that depiction of sort of a schizophrenia. True. That's true. I guess to a certain degree, I didn't care for it as much because... I was very much missing the original Jack Sparrow, which still had a lot of devil-may-care, suave qualities to him. And this version of Jack, and also kind of the version of Jack we saw in Pirates 2, was a little more clownish. I can understand that. And that that bothered me. Okay. Um, Because he always came off as somebody who was very intelligent, and even though he was sort of chaos incarnate, he also was very put together. I think the reason I can justify this more than the second one is because at this point he's been in the locker. And that is true. And he's legitimately insane now. Yes. And, you know, sometimes he has sort of moments of lucidity, but you can also see it's straight up, he is insane. Okay, there was a little motif that they started in this that annoyed the ever-living hell out of me. Was it the tiny jacks? No, I don't care about the tiny jacks. It's the stupid peanut bit. That was literally unnecessary and caused, was left in, in a scene that they partially cut. But they left that in because, oh boy, that's important. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah, you can have And then at the very end, they're with the, they're with the monkey and it's, and it's Barbos and he's like, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? And he's giving him a peanut and I'm like, stop it, the freaking peanut. No one cares. I honestly didn't make the connection between the end scene with the peanut yes. and the Jack Peanut. It was Jack Peanut, and then there was the peanut in Cutler Beckett's office where he goes, mm, peanut, and it like takes it. And that's the bit that they kept in, even though they cut out other pieces. And we're going to get there. Oh, man, that's a big scene. Okay, so anyway, so he's in the locker, and what that essentially comes down to is he's on the Pearl, which is beached in an endless desert, incidentally filmed in Utah. And when I read yeah. it, I, my first thought was, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Anyway. They're the salt flats. 
But he, of course, finds help in the form of these crab rocks. <laughs> now, the crab rocks have not just suddenly decided to help him out there. They're because... I actually really like the music for that bit. It's a it's, good piece. It is a good piece. It's very, I don't know, aquatic. In fact, this is probably a good time to mention the music. This is the third one. Oh, obviously, it's the third one. This is the point where Hans Zimmer decided they were going to get interesting different sounds. Okay, I want to comment on something about Hans Zimmer. I was listening to Gladi- the Gladiator soundtrack the other day, which I think that kind of came out around the same time as Pirates-ish. Don't know. I didn't do the research on that. Well, I didn't really do any research. It doesn't really matter. The point is, though, is in listening to that soundtrack, there are very similar motifs in that music as there are to Pirates. And what's funny... His, it, my first thought was, you definitely like that arrangement of notes, don't you, Hans Zimmer? And then the other part was, it's like listening to a knockoff of Hans Zimmer's music. <laughs> Hans Zimmer can do whatever <laughs> he so wants. Brilliant. You it's back brilliant. off of Hans Zimmer. No, I love it. But it just amused me because I was like, yeah, it's Hans Zimmer. I recognize that. That's a very similar little motif there. And yet, nope, we are definitely listening to Gladiator. At one point, they like sought into a piano. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they were playing musical saws. They were trying all sorts of different things to get these really unique... The music for this particular one was really, really good and very diverse. There are some specific themes. I love what they did with the overall Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. theme because it definitely feels like it's been layered and elevated and it's... Also, um, <laughs> Will and Elizabeth's theme. Will and Elizabeth's theme is The prettiest. Beautiful. I mean, honestly, yeah. And it, it does evoke a very powerful emotion mm-hmm. from me and you. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. And then, of course, the Davy Jones and yes. the, 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 yeah, the Davy Jones love theme. But anyway, so the crabs come. Now, Tia Dalma, we know, is this voodoo priestess. Mm-hmm. And so it stands to reason that whenever she went with the crew over the edge at World's End, mm-hmm. which is the title of this movie. <gasps> what? Yeah, that's why it's called that. What? Yeah. There you go, flat earthers. All right. So, so Tia Dalma... Like, the, the rest of the crew is like, where are we going to find Jack? What are we going to do? And he, he, um, by the way, their ship is totally destroyed, which I always kind of like just, just a pang of regret for. But then they get a very similar ship later, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess it's fine. But they make a point about how it's been destroyed when they're in the locker. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So I guess the ship that they were on probably wasn't the Empress. They end up on the Empress later when... I think it's the, the Hu Peng. But I don't know. I don't know either. Hmm. You know what I'm going to do? I hope we're pronouncing that right. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to leave a moment of silence here, so this way I can insert the right thing. Okay. The ship called, and that's how it's pronounced. (laughs) See how I did that? Mm -hmm. Right there. Tidama has a, she's like, Jack is closer than you think, and she's like petting one of the crabs. Uncomfortable little thing, like the crabs are coming out of her skirt. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I just realized what you said. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Don't like that. Oh, <laughs> why did you say that? Oh, come on. I am not the first, nor will I be the last. No, no, you're not. The point is... And if is... you hadn't thought of it first, I would have as well. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Now, Jack is now riding on the pearl on a wave of crabs going into the ocean. And, of course, he meets everybody. He, of course, thinks they are... a a hallucination. Mm-hmm. One of the best conversations that you have in this entire franchise happens on this beach where mm-hmm. he starts meeting everybody. Jack Sparrow. Ah, oh, Hector. It's been too long, hasn't it? I, Illidamueta, remember. You shot me. Dear Dolma. Out and about, eh? You had an agreeable sense of the macabre to any delirium. He thinks we're a hallucination. William, tell me something. 
You come because you need my help to save a certain distressing damsel. Or rather, damsel in distress? Either one. No. Well, then you wouldn't be here, would you? So you can't be here. QED, you're not really here. And then he sees Elizabeth. An amazing thing happens between them where you can clearly see... This is just a mark of how good the acting is with everybody mm -hmm. in the cast. Elizabeth's eyes are looking for redemption and forgiveness. And Jack, for a moment, you can see he likes to see her, and then he kind of registers the last time that he saw her. And they have this thing where he says, no, we're, we're here, this is real. Why should I sail with any of you? Four of you have tried to kill me in the past. One of you succeeded. And in that moment, it's it almost plays as funny for a split second, and then you realize the gravity of what's been said. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then Will suddenly, he's like, oh, man. So, of course, Jack wants to leave everybody there, but he doesn't know how to get out of the land of the dead. He doesn't have the charts. So, and so they all get on the ship. It's when they're on the ship, you have a wonderful moment. You left Jack to the crack. He's rescued now, it's done with. Well, I have no choice. You chose not to tell me. I couldn't. It wasn't your burden to bear. But I did bear it, didn't I? I just didn't know what it was. I thought... You thought I loved him. If you make your choices alone. It's a good scene. You cannot deny that it yes, is a good it's, scene. It's a good scene. However, my one issue, though, that takes place throughout the movie, and with the exception of this scene, is they just... Houston, we have a failure to communicate. Constantly. I will defend this. Okay. I'm always of the opinion that a story <laughs> could could be... could, fl But then again, you wouldn't have a story. If people actually communicated, then you wouldn't have a story. Yeah. People, you know, boy meets girl, girl falls in love with boy, and they were able girl to Girl murders not <laughs> boy's not friend, but she no, makes saying... out with him while she chains him to a mast. Well, who hasn't seen that porn? Um, yeah. the point... But what I'm saying is, your story about boy meets girl, girl falls in love with boy, then they communicate in a really healthy manner, and nothing ever happens bad in their life, is not a story that you really want to listen to. That's true. That's true. I will say this again, because we touched on this last episode. If Will, or if Elizabeth had told anybody... That's true, too. All it would have done was alleviate her own guilt. True. And then there would have been a big debate. She knew what had to be done. She didn't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. She does say, you know, she's like, I'm not sorry. But, you know, she sacrifices somebody. Somebody that she trusts and somebody that has helped her on multiple occasions. And more importantly, she's killed somebody. Mm -hmm. Not just, like... It was she. She made it. She made a pirate decision. She made an unequivocal pirate decision, and it's what had to be done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it any easier to cope with, but by her keeping that to herself, 
And she does say, it wasn't your burden to bear. Will says, but I did bear it. I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, if she had told him, it wouldn't have done anything. No, that's true. It would have made him complicit in this conspiracy, this cover-up. It would have made her feel better, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have helped Will. But, of course, there's no way for Elizabeth to understand what... In fact, she addresses it head-on. She's like, you thought I loved him. And he's like, well, yeah, because you don't freaking talk to me. And she's like, he's like, how can I trust you? If you can't mm-hmm. let me in, how can I trust you? And she's like, well, I guess you can't. To be fair, though, he does kind of dick her over in a little bit. But we're going <laughs> to... Okay. So, that night, they are on... They're, they're floating in the sea of the dead. Now, mm-hmm. before this has happened, before any of this has happened, there was a deleted scene. And a lot of people didn't see it. When when Leah and I originally recorded the second episode, there was a part that I had to cut out where we complain about how there was just bits of the story that didn't make any freaking sense. And one scene was, you know, kind of what happens to Governor Swan. Mm-hmm. What essentially happens is he shows up with Beckett and Mercer on the Dutchman And Jones is being just sort of a dick. Mm -hmm. And he tells him that Elizabeth is dead and in the locker. And in a fit of rage, Weatherby, which, by the way, is the best name ever, Mm -hmm. Weatherby Swan, Mm -hmm. couldn't hang on to his lunch money, Weatherby. Uh, (laughs) Weatherby Swan. Aww. With his little wig. Anyway. (laughs) He's upset after hearing that his daughter is dead. And he goes to, he literally just, like, rips the end of a bayonet off. And he's going to, like, stab the heart. And Beckett is like, okay, let's take a break. First off, Elizabeth's not dead. Jones is just being a dick. And it's like, why would he do that? Well, because he's kind of a dick. But because of this, Jones kind of eggs him on. And he's like, no, do it. But if you kill, if you stab the heart, yours has to take its place. Whoever, the, the Dutchman must have a captain. Interesting fun fact about this scene, it was filmed, but the CGI wasn't done. So you see Bill Nighy. That's right. Tough as brass, but in like the pajamas. Mm-hmm. The gray <laughs> motion capture PJs. It's it's awesome. With um, a little bit of Davy Jones makeup around like the eyes and the mouth. Yep. Which is, they did that so that way on the off chance that they ended up having to use any of his like actual facial like his actual mouth or his actual eyes or anything they could or they could stitch that in but they apparently their cgi was actually good enough they didn't have to but he still had to undergo all of that incidentally they did something very <sighs> similar with the first movie there is a deleted this just goes scene. to show how fantastic his acting is oh yeah he didn't have the benefit of costumes or makeup or anything like that to help no no and he still looks intimidating yeah <sighs> i mean, like at first you're like oh those fun pajamas and then he starts talking you're like i don't want to like, me- uh, mess with that dude. scarier in those pajamas but in Pirates 1, they had a very similar scene where he is talking to Will. Jack Pirates is talking one? to Will. Pirates 1. Okay. Where he's talking to Will, and he takes a coin out, and he's got the effects and everything. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do the effects. Hmm. And it says, like, a little thing. It's like, hey, they were in the process. They filmed this with mm-hmm. the intent to do this, but then they decided they were going to cut it before the effects were done. Hmm. But in the end, he talks about how he's like, I could be the immortal Jack Sparrow, and Turner's like, yeah, I don't think it's a good call. And he's like, all right, fine. He cuts his hand. He puts the coin back. And he, you know. Hmm. So he, like, recurses himself and then fixes it. Hmm. Anyway. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's on the deleted scenes? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. Well, good, that's good something I'll have to do then. But anyway, so because Davy Jones has egged on Governor Swan, mm-hmm. he now, Governor Swan now knows what it 
what exactly it would take to destroy Jones. Mm-hmm. And he knows all the specifics. So, unfortunately... He knows too much. We gotta happens, rub him out. What happens when you know too much, Leah? You get some cement shoes. Jeez. That would make swimming I very mean, basically, basically, he's the mafia. Oh, he is. Yeah. So, they're in the Sea of the Dead, and they pass, like you see, the, the souls floating in the water, just mm-hmm. below the surface of the water. And I really liked that. I thought it was a beautiful image. And I really liked Pintel and Rigetti being the ones to, to find them. And they're talking about how creepy it is. And one of them says, I wonder what would happen if you dropped a cannonball on one. <laughs> and so, immediately... Uh, yeah, they, they, it cuts to them, like, dragging the cannonball out. And then they find Tiadama. Mm-hmm. again, the voodoo priestess, something I really appreciate about Naomi Harris's performance is it's this perfect amount of disgust at Pintel and Rigetti and just traumatic heartbreak mm-hmm. because she explains they are not being looked after mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be in the care of Davy Jones. And you find out Davy Jones was tasked. You know, you found out he's aboard the Dutchman and can only go on shore once every 10 years. But now you find out what he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And he has, the way she says it, he's corrupted his purpose. Mm-hmm. And he's just a monster now. And there's something so unbelievably heartbreaking about the way she delivers it. She does give a little bit of um, foreshadowing. She has that locket that she kind of, you know, she's kind of caressing. Mm -hmm. And then they say, now there's boats coming. Now, I want to ask you about this. What do you think is the difference between the souls in the water and the souls on the boats, each with their own lantern? I thought the ones that uh, were in the water were the ones that died at sea. And the ones that were in the boats were the ones that didn't necessarily die at sea. That actually were given, like, a proper burial of some sort. Yeah. Of course, that wouldn't necessarily account for the governor. Which, incidentally... But yeah. It's my little segue. We see Governor Weatherby Swan. And this is another brilliant performance. Mm-hmm. Particularly with Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. And again, Naomi Harris. Oh, but she sees... Her father. Mm-hmm. It's my father. We made it back. Father! Father, have no care! Elizabeth. We're not back. And it's this not incredulity. It's not mocking. It's not even harsh fact. He's just saying it. Mm-hmm. We're not back. And you can see it dawn on her face, but she has this thing. Kira Knightley is one of the most impressive actresses, especially when you factor in her age mm-hmm. at the time. Her eyes tell six billion stories. Mm-hmm. And she has this hope, cast the line, and he doesn't take it, but he just kind of absentmindedly, and I really like this depiction of death, because he says, Are you dead? I think I am. There was this chest, you see. It's hard. At the time, it seemed so important. And the heart. I learned that if you stab the heart, yours must take its place. Silly thing to die for. It just seems so important at the time. It's not important. And she says, well, come back with us. And he doesn't even, at no point does he even reach for the thing. But he just looks at her and he says, I'm so proud of you, Elizabeth. 
and she starts she's like she starts to run like she's gonna go get him and this heartbreaking thing where will has to get her and he's trying to calm her down and he you know the last thing that the governor says you know give your love give your love to your mother shall i and he just floats off Mm -hmm. and elizabeth is she's not hysterically screaming or sobbing she's just completely shattered and he will's holding her and then he's just trying to console her and he looks over and he says is there a way and if you have this if you haven't watched this in a while this scene alone is is worth a rewatch Mm -hmm. because it's all in their eyes it's something so everybody there you can see it in the crewmen how they are you everybody's so sad for elizabeth and you can see just heartbreak on heartbreak and you see will's heartbreak for elizabeth and then naomi harris you know he says is there a way and it does a like close up on her face and again she's sad and she says she just kind of shakes her head and she says no he's he's at peace and that's where they that's where they end that it's a spectacular scene Mm -hmm. if anybody were doing like some kind of dramatic piece or something and they needed to like kind of dip from a well of you know there's so many different facets of emotion that you can get from that scene alone mm-hmm. just the different characters and i love it anyway so next thing we're you know sun up and for some reason now we've arbitrarily decided that if you're there in the land of the dead for 3 days i guess then you're going to get trapped forever so now they have to yeah. come up with a solution and well they're technically aren't they in kind of the doldrums basically where there's like no no Yes. Uh, air moving, so they're just sort of stuck. That is true. So they got to come up with a plan. And what they figure out, because of the way that the charts are, it's like these rotating circles that can make out different messages depending on what's lined up. Jack figures out that it's not sunset, sunset and rise up. And so he figures they have to take the ship and turn it upside down. Because then what it can do is it can push through, causing the green flash, and go to the land of the living. Mm-hmm. None of this is explained in the movie, however. No, not it's, really. It's just a visually fun thing. But in doing the digging, it was like, okay, this actually makes a lot more sense once you understand. And at no point was I like, oh, that's a huge piece that I was missing. It makes sense. Honestly, I think I remember when I watched it, at least maybe the second time, probably the first time. I was a student as a teenager. Yeah. Um I think I actually understood that. Like, I don't think there was at any point where I went, oh, it's like, oh, okay, we can flip over the ship. And the exposition that they do is mm-hmm. not so ham-fisted, mm-hmm. like you see with a lot of things. Something I do want to point out at one point while they're rocking the ship back and forth, Rigetti is the one with the eye, right? Yeah. Rigetti's Rigetti. the one with the eye. Pintel is the shorter one. Yeah. Rigetti's eye, his wooden eyes rolling around, Barbosa. At first, you think he's seeing the rolling of the ship, or the rocking the ship because the eye's rolling around. He puts the eye in his mouth and jams it in Rigetti's <laughs> eye. You find out later there's a damn good reason he doesn't want him to lose that eye. But anyway, so they get to the land of living. I found it was something interesting about how they shot that scene, not with the pistols, but with the over the or, or under the water and yeah. flipping it over. Okay, so basically they were like, well, how are we supposed to get this bit where it looks like they're all underneath the water without them actually being under the water? We're going to have to shoot this under the water. Okay. So what they did, like nobody had any kind of scuba gear, nothing. They just, they would have them, they had this rig that looked like the mast and it would, it was set in the water to where everybody kind of hung on to it. And then they would count to 10 and they'd make sure they got a good breath and everybody went under simultaneously on the count of 10. And then they had to hold their breath and act and act. And then, and I know, like, Orlando Bloom had to do the bit where he kind of gets pulled backwards and oh. looks like he's doing that. And then 
So they they're doing that, and they were saying this was this was weird, this was interesting, and yet the longer we did it, the easier it got. Um, and we were game for this. It you know seemed fun. So um, but then you know how Pintel and Rigetti tie themselves to the mask because they're like upside down. If they're upside down, then we'll be the right side up when when we get flipped over. They did that underwater too. <gasps> oh gosh, that would be so. What they did, so they had the part where um, it looks like the ship flips and like they're they're hanging they're upside down yeah. tied to the mast. So that part was done with actually a rotating mast, which I think is really cool. But they're tied to that thing. Oh they're gosh. on a little Disney ride. But then they had a bit where they're actually under the water. They're they they're, you're seeing like their upper body. So their lower half wasn't tied. They were, I think they were kind of on their knees. But their upper half is attached to the this mass that is underneath the water, and there's like a shot, some behind the scenes shot of like their, I guess, underwater coordinator person With the scuba gear, explaining, okay, we're gonna do this. Just make sure that you get a really good breath. It'll get easier as you go, and we have people on site that will revive you if you drown. Whoa! <laughs> and I remember the guy. I don't remember the actor who plays um, Pintel. He was like, well. At least we knew that you it it if you drown you'll you'll still be okay after six minutes. So as long as we have a good two minute window, we're we'll be okay. So I went into it confidently, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh! And this is I was holding my breath for the I first know, part of that story. I know, I know, I love, I love, I really that was a fascinating thing to hear that that's how they did that. That it involved no scuba gear, nothing. It was just a lot of actors being willing to try oh my gosh that blows my yeah. mind yeah oh man one two three deep breath and go <laughs> i mean i would still do it but like whoa i would do it i would do it but i know i know probably the first few takes i would be under there going mentally shit 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 and then probably maybe by take three i'm up i'd probably be okay but i know there would be a, a part of me that would be a little bit not necessarily claustrophobic, but kind of. Wow. Yeah, okay, cool. That's, yeah. that's really cool. I can share the behind the scenes with you sometime. Well, I, now I that found it. It was really, really interesting to watch. Now that we've recorded, one of the reasons we don't look for the same information, we avoid that, is because otherwise Leah and I will go into this shorthand where it's like, hey, did you see that thing? Oh, I did. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, wait, we're it's not. It's not an actual conversation at all. Not it's one that anybody. just a lot of reacting, and yeah. then we move on. Yeah. So... The ship comes out there in the land of living, yeah. and immediately you have Barbosa, Jack, Will, Elizabeth, and Gibbs all drawing pistols mm-hmm. on each other. And that's a wonderful moment because you have this thing where they all pull the trigger, or they're all pulling out the pistols, and they look at each other's big circle. And then it's like, this is crazy. Oh, man. And they all kind of start laughing, and they lower their guns. And then all of a sudden they put them back up. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So they have this big debate over what's going to happen. I think it's interesting that they briefly shoot, they fire the guns. (laughs) they do. And I'm like, you fired the, he shot me. Like, it's literally that moment. Jack fires first. He fires Mm -hmm. Barbosa because he says, yeah, it's coming back and forth. At one point, he's aiming specifically at, I want to say, yeah, he's he's aiming between Will and Elizabeth. And then Barbosa draws a pistol on just Jack and Gibbs. And then Jack puts both pistols at, Barbosa and then Will and Elizabeth both point at Jack and so he's you know anyway but it comes down to this Barbosa says hey we brought you back for one purpose and one purpose only you are one of the nine pirate lords again this is peppered in mm-hmm. this is not straight up explained mm-hmm. it's been sort of they're like the song's been sung we've been called 
Pirate Lords, they kind of talk about it with Cao Fang, but it's not spoon-fed. No, but I do feel like there is... I don't like spoon-feeding, but you do need to have an element of... There needs to be a mention. They don't do anything, really, do they, at the beginning? They do. Where is it? Did I miss it? They talk about it near the beginning. The only reason... I would want Jack Sparrow returned from the land of the dead. Yes, so I can send him back myself! Jack Sparrow holds one of the nine pieces of eight. He failed to pass it along to a successor before he died. So we must go and get him back. And South Thang says he doesn't want to go because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to. This is not my fight. And of course, the British show up there mm-hmm. anyway. Now, okay, so it's not it's it, not spoon feeding directly, but it's still there. Okay, as long as it's there, that's the main that's the main mm-hmm. thing, and that's my main argument is it. You do have to have it there. You can't just suddenly bring it up. So he says that he's gonna go. He's gonna take Jack to the pirate, you know, the pirate lords. And Jack's like, No, I'm not going. Uh, All right then. The brethren caught as a gathering at Shepherd Cove. And Jack, you and I are going, and there'll be no arguing that point. I is arguing the point. There's pirates are gathering. I'm pointing my ship the other way. The pirates are gathering to fight Beckett, and you're a pirate. Fight or not, you're not running, Jack. If we don't stand together, they'll hunt us down one by one till there'll be none left but you. Quite like the sound of that. Captain Jack Sparrow, the last pirate. Aye. And you'll be fighting Jones alone. But how does that figure into your plan? I'm still working on that. But I will not be going back to the log, Count on that. He said, well, what's going to end up happening? We can't fight him unless we're all together. We mm-hmm. need this. We need everybody to be together. And otherwise we don't stand a chance. He's like, well, I'm not doing it. He says, well, then what's going to happen is he's going to take out us. And then he's then you're going to be the only one left. And he's like, well, I'm not going to go to the locker. And he shoots Barbosa, except, of course, they got wet powder. Yeah. And they all start shooting each other. It's like, okay. So that's that's kind of a little silly moment. That that actually doesn't... Great. I like that. Because it's like, yeah, impulse control, maybe not their best thing ever, but I do like how it, you know, it kind of... Sanity kind of prevails for a second, and then they're like, screw this, and it's like, oh, man, it's a good thing that we are not able to shoot each other in the faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so they, what winds up happening, they go to an island to get some fresh water. There has been an ambush, and Mm -hmm. it turns out Will led a mutiny, um, sending Jack and Barbosa to the island. Mm -hmm. He led a mutiny so South Fang could take over the Pearl. Mm -hmm. And the idea was South Fang takes Jack, and Will gets to take the Pearl because it's the only ship that can outrun the Dutchman. Mm Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, the British show up. British are coming, British are coming. They gonna cut a Get bitch. Get your guns, they gonna cut a bitch. Get your guns, they gonna cut a bitch. And they're like, hey, here's the thing. Because Sal Fang's I'm like, technically quoting when I say that. I'm technically <laughs> quoting from the Andy Griffith show where he goes, the British are coming, the British are coming. Get your guns, we gotta have us a revolution. <laughs> okay, I was like, I do not remember the episode of the Andy Griffith show in which Andy Griffith told Opie. We're, they gonna cut a bitch? They gonna cut a bitch. That is the more <laughs> modern interpretation of uh, what was said. I love history. Right? Yeah. All right. So British are like, here's the thing. Um, we said that you that you could you would deliver 
like the pearl and all that and when this like have your freedom mm-hmm. but we don't want to do that so and he's like well great so now will doesn't get the pearl i'm just gonna take that and all this other stuff essentially barbosa's like yeah it sucks that the british aren't pirates and they don't have to follow the pirate code and maybe you know meet up with the brother in court and we'll figure some shit out in the meantime jack has to go and have a conversation with beckett mm-hmm. the most important piece of this movie i believe was cut out and i remember it, i'm glad you showed this to me because yeah. actually quite a few of the things that i had issue with years ago years. were answered right there and I, i'm like why did this have to be cut out this made so much more sense so we had already recorded the second pirates yeah. episode and i was in the process of editing the first one mm-hmm. which by the way we're aware it was insanely long <laughs> we know we about know. the problem we know so the point is are we ashamed though I'm not even a little bit ashamed. No. You not know what? I'm sorry. I, you, we recorded it, but you listened. That's on you. That that got you there and back from something that was really long. On a related note. Forever. On a related note, thank you for listening. We love that you're here. Love you. We really do. So here's what happens. In the version that we saw in the theater. Yeah. And on the DVD. Yeah. Jack goes in. They have this big discussion. There is a borderline impossible to follow conversation, first round listening, especially if you're on a midnight movie premiere. Yeah. So Jack goes in, they're having this conversation that's really difficult to follow. But, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're really, really focused. And it doesn't help that it keeps cutting mm-hmm. between the negotiation that's happening on the Pearl between Salfang, Will, Barbosa, and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Now, that negotiation's fairly straightforward. It's also the bit where the peanut motif shows up again, which it is, is entirely unnecessary. I know it's small, but still. I get it. But on the Pearl, the the, the quick negotiation happens. He says, Sal Fang, show up to the Brethren Court. He says, I don't want it. He says, well, you gotta go. It's our best bet. And he says, fine, but I want something in return. He's like, well, what do you want? He says, I'll do it, but I want to take Elizabeth. And Will's like, oh, no, you can't do that. She's not part of the agreement. And Elizabeth's like, hey, here's the deal. You screwed us all over with your stupid deal. If this is what frees us, then yeah, I'll go with him. And so they make that deal. In the meantime, Beckett and Jack are having this conversation. And he's like, hey, here's the thing. Um, I don't want there to be pirates anymore. And Jack's like, here's the thing. I still very much want to be alive. And he says, well, okay, here's what we'll do. Beckett says, uh, if there's a way that you can arrange for us to have all the pirates out and we can massacre them and you can go on your merry little way. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, the only way to do that is to get the Brethren Court to go. And he says, well, what's, you know, why would I get the Brethren Court to do that? And he says, well, you can do it in exchange for your freedom. And then they had this big conversation where he says, well, wait a minute. <clears throat> now that I know about the Brethren Court and Shipwreck Cove, why don't I just go? And Jack's like, because you're not a freaking pirate and you can't do it. And I'm the only one that they'll trust. So you negotiate my freedom with Jones. Mm-hmm. And I'll lead you to the pirates. Mm-hmm. And I'll pretty much sell them out. So his job is to make sure the pirates fight. And they had this big argument. Now, something that was cut out. It's a pretty important thing. We find out why Jack has the pirate brand. And we find out how Jack became a pirate. And we find out why the pearl was so important. Uh-huh. And why it's why it, Jones had to raise it from from the depths mm-hmm. as it turns Why out all this mess yeah is what it is remarkable the last i saw of that ship she was on fire a blackened hulk sinking beneath the waves we had a deal jack 
I contracted you to deliver cargo on my behalf. You chose to liberate it. People aren't cargo, mate. Your good deed cost me, Jack. And you have spared me any possibility of ending up as anything other than what I am. And for that, I truly thank you. As it turns out, there was a time when Jack was a much more respected gentleman, probably closer in the category of the privateer. You find out in the second movie, they're like, they've had a brush before. Jack Sparrow was once a more respected pirate. I don't even think his his, uh, last name is Sparrow, whatever. I think he's a more respected man. And he had a deal, sort of an under-the-table deal, to run goods and product for Cutler Mm -hmm. Beckett. Now, that was all fine and good. He was making a really good chunk Mm-hmm. Until one of the cargoes turned out to be slaves. Yeah. And he has a line where he says... People aren't cargo. People aren't cargo. Because he says, we had a deal. You were to ship cargo from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to ship it and make me a profit. Mm-hmm. And he says, people aren't cargo. Mm-hmm. So what has happened is he has released these people. And in retaliation, um, Beckett branded... Jack a pirate mm-hmm. and burned his ship, sank it. And in desperation, I don't know exactly how, you know, and I, I prefer it this way. It's a shroud of mystery. Jack ends up finding a way to make a deal with Jones. Mm-hmm. The deal is he raises the, you know, he raises up to the pearl. He raises the pearl and he gets to be captain for 13 years before he's ever pestered with the concept of, of you know, going to work uh, on the, on the, on the Dutchman. The Dutchman. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important scene. It does one thing that I really like and one thing that I don't super love. I think it makes Jack a little bit more of a hero. I think it kind of cleans him up a little bit more than I'd like. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I think I like it because I think it shows you where that that element of humanity and quality mm-hmm. that he has. Because th- he is, for the most part, he's a gentleman. He is. He treats Elizabeth reasonably well. Um... He knows how to get what he wants without necessarily using brute force. He's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. You can tell by his vocabulary alone. And it makes sense that if that was his history, that's why he is that way. Mm-hmm. Why he's not like Barbosa, who's very much, you know, go in guns blazing. Or even Will, who's also not necessarily the most educated of individuals and is going to just do everything through Big Strong Brawn, as you Big like to put it. <laughs> Um, you can see it. <laughs> Jack Sparrow is going to be a negotiator. He's going to be a diplomat for at least a little while to get what he wants. The other thing that this scene conveys is really what a dick Beckett Beck is. is. Yeah, he's so much like we already thought he was a dick. He's an uber dick. Mm-hmm. He's just the worst. He's the most dickish dick in all of Dicktown. So I want to, co- like I said, it's it's a it's a really critical scene because it does show more of humanity of Jack mm-hmm. and it shows. Just how much we don't really care about the outcome of Beckett. He's... I like the outcome he ends up with. It's solid. It's good. Not as good as Mercer. Yeah, Mercer's just the best. Oh, but yeah. Beckett's is, equal, is, is second tier. All right. So, what ends up happening? The Endeavor mm-hmm. is that the British ship is taken over by the pirates. Mm-hmm. And the pirates disable the ship, essentially. Mm-hmm. Jack goes with the Pearl... Elizabeth goes with Xiaofang. Xiaofang. And then we and then enter the, we're going to dress you up like a Barbie doll All right. and Let's... get weird. All right. So there's, 
there are some really interesting things that happen. So let's start with the pearl. Right, right away, Jack is he, he kind of takes command of the pearl and he's like, put Will in the brig. Mm-hmm. Now Will leaves a breadcrumb trail, breadcrumb trail of dead bodies. Yeah, it's like if uh, Hansel and Gretel were adults and also murderers. But see, that's just it. He just leaves like dead bodies every like I'm gonna say 200 feet. Mm-hmm. You know. And with the East India Trading Company logo, and he keeps, like, pitching them off the side of the boat. Now, presumably, this has been going on for several hours, which means he just keeps killing people and putting them in the water? I don't think he was killing them. I really don't. I think, because remember, we, we have that skirmish on the ships and everything. People get killed, and so... It's like, we gotta hang on to them just in case. I mean, they're probably in a pile in the corner that they don't know what to do with. So he's probably up there going, well, I know what to do with them. And so he's attaching them to barrels, strapping them on there, and then dumping them in the water. Okay. So Jack pretty much says, hey, listen, Uh, he's talking to Will. He's like, you are in a, you're running a fool's errand. Because your whole thing is you want to kill Jones. But here's the thing. You kill Jones, you're attached to the Dutchman. And that means you can't be with Elizabeth. So you're now setting yourself up to make a choice between your father or your fiance. And he says, well, I don't really know what to do about that. And he's like, here's what you got to do. You got to let somebody else take that hit. And he's like, who would do it? And he's like, well, I want to be immortal. Because <laughs> Jack. He's like, but you can't, you'd have to do the job. And he's like, yeah, well, that's negotiable. And Will's like, no, dude, you straight up have to do the job. <laughs> like, you, st- you definitely do. And so Jack's like, look, it's semantics. You, I know that I have a decision to make, but you got to figure out what you're going to do. He kicks him off the boat and he gives him the compass. He says, you got to figure out what you want to do. So he's going to leave them there for the British. In the meantime, on South Ang ship. Ah, uh, fun little tidbit. This is a neat costume that Elizabeth is given. It is a very pretty costume. Now, I don't know if you remember this. Our friend Trix, who, if you're listening, shout out Trixie! She was, for her 20th birthday, we were throwing her a costume party. It was Disney-themed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember I dressed up as Esmeralda, and everything I was wearing did not belong to me. Nice. I was Alice, because I happened to have a dress that was very similar. I got a Lady Gaga wig and an Alice band. Nice. But I almost got <laughs> the costume that Elizabeth is wearing. Like, really? something very, very similar in this. And then it was just a little bit too expensive, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I thought, I'll get it later. I, to my dying day, I'll regret it, because I can't find that costume anywhere. Hmm. Um, if, any, if there's a listener out there who knows where to get one, I would pay a small fortune for it because I would I, like I love that costume. I love everything about it. Hmm. But yeah, that that amazing turquoise and maroon costume. Anyway, Sal Fang comes in and he's like talking to her, and it's kind of weird because this is one of the moments that I love about Elizabeth's character. She's so adaptable mm-hmm. because she's like, "What is this creepo doing?" And he's like, "Hey, I'm on your side." And I've always been on your side, and you're amazing, and I freaking love you. And she's like, uh, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, like, you can tell me, Calypso. And she's like, the frick? What? Like, what? Mm -hmm. And then he starts talking. He's like, yeah, those other pirate lords, you find out. He's like, past brethren court, they're the ones that bound you in this human body, and I know you probably don't like that, but, you know all we're all obsessed with you and you know like i truly want to help you and i want to be the one that like rescues you and all this stuff and she's like yeah because i'm calypso the goddess of the sea (laughs) he's like okay so you were into this and maybe we should get together and she's and i'm paraphrasing (laughs) yeah but 
she's uh she's not down a clown and uh I wonder if his thought for how to release her was hmm, no release her it is straight up he understands that it has to be done by the pirate lords but it's ah. like so he's mm. yeah no he says I have your gifts she said what if I choose not to share them he's like well then I'll take your fury and it's like what the hell yeah. Disney yeah like. We got kind of close to that on Pirates yeah. 1. And again, I don't want to go into a full discussion. I'm just going to say this. Not cool. Not cool. Mm-mm. I will say this. One very small, little, tiny, bitty thing that does not in any way, shape, or form make up for this. But here we go. He has like a mint leaf concoction that he like washes his hands in. You want to make sure... He's eating mint when leaves. When you are sexually assaulting a woman... That you have decent breath first. Okay, here's the thing. He doesn't go into that with, like, I'm definitely going to sexually assault her. He does try to woo her. Now, the problem comes... He doesn't the woo problem long comes, enough. He just sort of does a little woo. You know what? This is a really... An interesting segment that I'd like to incorporate in this episode, and that is Salt and Peppa's... Let's talk about sex, oh, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. So... So here we go. We're going to start this out by saying consent is key. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and say that his his initial idea to woo her and, like, sweet talk her, not a problem there. Not a problem to, like, kind of set the mood with candles. Not a problem to eat that mint leaf. In fact, breath check, not the worst idea. You know, not just in pirate times, in old times. Mm-hmm. Especially before sexy times. But that being said... Carry the- mint leaves around with you children. Yeah. You never know. The yeah. problem came with the lack of consent and the understanding of lack of consent and then continuing to... Okay. To... I guess you could because we were not supposed to like Southang all that much. But the and thing is, I is really a... did. <laughs> but he is a pirate. And, and what's your point, Leah? Needed to, we did... I probably want to establish we were establishing the brutality of that not all pirates were like jack sparrow who is at least somewhat has some decent qualities about him we have no idea what jack sparrow's sexual code of conduct is we really don't we like to assume it's for the best but you know what as sal fang has taught us you never really know until you know true but as luck would have it the Endeavor comes and attacks Salfang's ship, Cannonball, Salfang gets thrown across the room and impaled. And I don't feel bad a for him. Big chunk of wood. That yeah. thing was huge. There was no surviving that. There was not. And he does apologize. He was like, hey, I'm dying. I'm really sorry, Calypso. And Elizabeth's like, should be. But she's like, okay. So he makes her captain. So now she's captain. So that's, a re- that's a reasonable recompense for <laughs> assaulting a woman make her captain of your ship Mm -hmm. after you die i I cannot stress this enough at no point does this film depict a full-on sexual assault no it doesn't it it gets far enough to where i'm uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. that's yeah all right so we're we're leaving this segment for now salt and peppas let's talk about sex so that's the end of that segment but we'll be back we'll be back okay okay so after sal feng dies yeah the endeavor Catches oh, up. damn it. And who is it? The person in charge happens to be one Mr. James Norrington, who sees Elizabeth mm-hmm. and immediately is like, oh my gosh, your dad's going to be so happy. Mm-hmm. And that's also where Elizabeth she meets tells Bootstrap. Him. Well, no, she, Elizabeth's like, 
my dad is dead. Don't try to trick me. He's like, no, no, he went to England. She's like, no, he's dead. And he's like, I didn't know. And she's like, didn't know what, what side you chose. And so mm-hmm. she's like, well, the captain will have my quarter. She's like, no, I'm going to stay with my crew because you're with the monster team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> while she's in the brig. She meets Bootstrap Bill. And while she's there. She meets him and he's got kind of this, kind of, as you put it, fishy Alzheimer's going on. Yeah. Which is very sad when it you think about it. It is very sad. It's incredibly sad. You know my name. Yes, I know your son. Will Turner. William. Ah! 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 He made it. He's alive. And now he sends you to tell me that he's coming to get me. Yes, Will is alive. And he wants to help you. You can't help me. can't save me. He can't come because of you. Me? You're Elizabeth. If Jones be slain, he who slays him must take his place. Captain. Forever. The Dutchman must always have a captain. And if he saves me, he loses you. You know my and name. W- and Will's gonna free- Will's my son. Yeah, he does want to help you. And all of a sudden it clicks. He's like, he can't have us both. He wouldn't pick me. I wouldn't pick me. So just tell him not to come. And that would have been enough, except he kind of starts fading into the ship. You know my name. You know my name. Yes, I know your son. William. coming for me. Wait and see. You'll see. You promised. Yeah, and he gets back on that loop. And she says, she's so heartbroken, she says, mm-hmm. yeah, I know your son. And he says, he's coming for me. Mm-hmm. And it's so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, what ends up happening is now the new Captain Swan is making her way to Pirate's Cove, mm-hmm. where you see this amazing, I mean gorgeous, pile of ships. It's a fortress. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I want to live there. That's my ideal home. Oh, if anybody okay. wants to know like where my ideal home is, it's a pirate ship built on top of another pirate ship with some derelict pirate ships and some like messed up pirate ships that make a huge like cabin of pirate ships. I want to live in a Hobbit hole or Lothlorien or have a 67 Impala. So if that tells you what my franchise living spaces of choice are. It bums me out because we're not going to be neighbors. We're not. Yeah. I could drive the Impala to see you, though. That makes sense. And I'll stay put with a pirate cove. Yeah. And we'll have, like, so much snow grab. Anyway. Anyway, so. (laughs) It'll be great. Snow crab and some some, uh, Jack and Coke. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So anyway. (laughs) The Brethren Court gathers, and Barbosa says, here's the deal. Oh, let's talk about the Brethren Court! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I really, really... Yeah. 
I've been waiting to talk about the Brethren Court. I get so excited about the Brethren Court. Let's talk a little bit about the Brethren Court. So, in real life, this is from IMBD, a real-life council of pirates existed at one time. The Brethren of the Coast was, uh, was a loose coalition of pirates and buccaneers active in the 17th and 18th centuries in the Atlantic Ocean, Caribbean Sea, and the Gulf of Mexico. They so, just right next door, huh? Well, yeah. They had a base on the island of Tortuga, real place, off the coast of Haiti and in Port Royal, Jamaica. The Brethren were French Huguenots and British Protestants, but their ranks were joined by other adventurers and various nationalities, including Spaniards and Africans. Now, what's really fascinating is, and I I kick kick myself because I didn't bring my, like, the books that I have on this. So there's actually a lot of information. We're considering doing a short about this. It's based off a real-life thing. In Mm -hmm. this situation, it is the Nine Pirate Lords. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we have met... Sal Fang and Barbosa mm-hmm. and Jack Sparrow. Before we get too far into that, I do want to point out it does break my heart just a tiny bit that Barbosa and Jack are pirate lords. It stands to reason that one or the other might be, and I definitely understand Jack sort of stumbling into it, mm-hmm. especially if all you have to do is outlive the other captain in some calamity, and then they name you captain or they name you the pirate lord in their stead, which is what exactly what happened to Elizabeth. But you're going to tell me that of the nine pirate lords throughout the entire world, three of them now, two of them originated in the Caribbean Sea? What if Jack was one at the begin early on when he either, maybe even when he was working for Beckett, maybe he kind of became one on the side, on the sly, or became one very near after that. And then after Barbosa mutinied on him, what if then, because he is now captain of the Pearl and... There's a pirate code. But see, that's just it. The Brethren brethren Court has something that's bequeathed from person to person. It has nothing to do with the ship. Oh, you're right. All right, the other pirate... Because he has his own separate thing. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Now, the other pirate lords each come with one of the pieces of eight. Now, the pieces of eight, I do like this. They're not pieces of eight. They're pieces of junk. And one of them says, like Brigetti says, that's not pieces. It's just a piece of junk. He says, yeah, well, when the first Brethren Court met... They were all pretty much broke, so we just happened to have this stuff. So, of course, Jack brings... I'm sorry, Barbosa has the wooden eye. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that is the wooden eye was something Rigetti had in the first pirate movie. Mm-hmm. So that means he's had... Barbosa's been a pirate lord for at least four to five years, at least. Mm-hmm. Minimum. So that's something I don't really know what to make of that. Jack has his signature dreads, and he has that one beaded thing that has mm-hmm. the the medallion on mm-hmm. the end. That's his piece of eight. And of course, Sal Feng passes on some kind of talisman that he wears around his neck. Yeah. Now, the other, um, let's see, Armand the Corsair looks sort of like a beaded lanyard that you'd make at camp. Yeah, that's probably where he did make it. He did make it at Jack at. Pi- made- at, at- Pirate camp? Selfang pirate camp. Well, not... Oh, I thought you were talking about Jack's thing. Oh. Well, that one looks like that, too. If you look really closely... They all look like that. If you look closely on Selfang's, it says BFF forever. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jack's is the other half. Yeah. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, They were so close. (laughs) They were. Whatever happened between them? Jack slept with his mom. And clearly his steam girl. Girls. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe they were his mom. That's that lady kept it tight. I'll tell you, Arm, Armand the Corsier uh, had a miniature wine cup. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Captain Cheval, or Chevalier, was uh, was the playing cards. All right, so we might be mispronouncing this as, I believe, the Spanish. Um, Captain Villanueva. Villanueva. He's the one that has the broken bottle with the cork in it. <laughs> let's see, Mistress Ching, who is... Is it Ching or Chin? Mistress Ching. Oh. And she... She's actually based off a badass. Was um, she like blind or something? She was blind, and she had a whole armada in the China Sea. That's she's awesome. badass. She's who I want to be when I grow up. Blind and a pirate in armada. I got a lot of work to do. Clearly, yeah. You okay. Can take your glass. Start by taking your glasses off. <laughs> then you will achieve blind. I poke myself in the eye every day. <laughs> it's contacts. <laughs> I'm not great with contacts. Okay. Let's see, uh, Gentleman Jacquard, who is the one that has what turned out, I thought they were just like scissors, the tobacco shears. Oh. Let's see, uh. Sisumbaji. Sisumbaji, thank you. Sisumbaji is the one that has the part of the tusk. And again, I didn't recognize it, I just thought it was a piece of wood, but tusk makes a lot of sense. Because <laughs> Sisumbaji's voice is really high pitched, and that's, that's actually, why they won't let him talk. That's based off a factual thing. Really? There was a pirate, um, he was um, an Indian pirate, and he thought his voice was very not intimidating so he would always have somebody else speak for them or so the legend goes and so if anybody heard his voice he would kill them and so that's how the reputation developed of him having this really fierce you know like should you hear his voice it's like hearing the word of god it will end your life and see in reality rumors will get you but see it's interesting goes back to what we're talking about about the weird the real edward teach putting like the fuses in his beard like Mm -hmm. do it look scary (laughs) yeah it looks scary guys all right, and of course, um, we've already talked about the others. So, so you have, it's interesting because you have, you know, clearly um, Africa, French, Spain, mm-hmm. or possibly Portugal, mm-hmm. India, China, mm-hmm. um, and then I guess South, it's not really explained because Singapore is mm. from Southang, and of course, Mistress Chen is the China Sea, but the China Sea also encompassed um, Singapore. So it's it's a little eh, it's it's hard with territories plus the freaking pirates. So I don't know if they really yeah. respected property lines. Point is, <clears throat> the then you get into some stuff that I don't super like, namely Captain Teague. Yeah, it's because they wanted to have Keith Richards present because yeah. Johnny Depp loosely based aspects of his performance off of Keith Richards. What I do like is on the day he was there, he got so drunk, he was not able to sit up straight. He was literally propped up. And who was the director on this? He says... Gore Verbinski? Yeah. He says, apparently, um, Keith Richards was like, if you wanted me straight, you did not cast the right guy. (laughs) It's like, because, oh yeah, he was hammered. Wow. Purposely. He was like, I'm here, let's get to drinking. And I was like, oh, we got some stuff to do. And he's like, yeah, and I'm doing it. Glug, glug, glug. That's, yeah. Also, one of the prop <laughs> masters made that made that guitar, uh-huh. and he just started idly tuning it. Keith Richards started idly tuning it. <laughs> just funsies. I love that. Yeah. See, this is why we don't share the information because we get this reaction. It's beautiful. I love that. Um, but of course, you see. Okay, so something I hate, hate, hate. He brings the the codex, which, by the way, I do want the codex. Mm-hmm. I want the codex. Although I know for a fact the codex only is mostly made of foam, and it has yeah. some pages glued to the side of it to make it look like it. It only opens, I think, in six or seven places. Yeah. So it's not a real codex, but it has a lock to it. And he says, "Bring the key," and it's the dog. 
Oh, well. From the first. And he's like, oh, well, how did the dog get here? And he says, sea turtles, mate. Yeah. Thanks. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I hate it so much. Because I'm like, screw you, man. Used to death at this point. Used yeah. to death. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> I just hate it so much. Anyway, so they do kind of go through. I like, they're looking through. And it's like, oh, parlay. All right. All this is because they have to decide if they're going to go to war or if they're going to mm-hmm. free Calypso. And what it comes down to is if they're going to go to war, they have to have a pirate king. And it shows in the codex that they have to follow the rules. But there's never been a pirate king. See, the pirate king is elected by popular vote. And each pirate only ever votes for himself. Mm-hmm. So as Except it goes, in this case, after yeah. everybody votes for themselves, Jack does not. He votes for Elizabeth. Captain Swan. Captain Swan. Who wants to go to war. Mm-hmm. Which is what Jack has promised Beckett he would do in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, she says, we're going to war. It's happening. Suck it. <laughs> and then Verbatim. We, and then it, it cuts over to the beach scene, doesn't it? Well, they, they go out on the water and they think they're going to... It's an entire pirate army. Mm-hmm. And then they're only going to take on maybe one or two ships. But out from the clouds comes behind the, in, the Endeavor is a whole armada mm-hmm. and so they have to have a they have to they have to parlay and so they have this big thing on the beach you and i have some really differing opinions about this scene i don't care for this scene per se because i do agree <laughs> that it was kind of it felt a little forced i do like the music though i hate the music i love the dialogue i hate the music, this big steel guitar, and it's sort of the the, the well, South Bank theme. Maybe it's because it came directly after us seeing Keith Richards. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. They have this big discussion. There's Barbosa and Elizabeth and Jack meet with Will mm-hmm. and, and Davy Jones, Davy and, Jones Beckett. and Beckett. Now, before this has happened, Will has turned up on the Endeavor, and one of my favorite lines is... I cannot be summoned like some mongrel pup. Apparently you can. Apparently you you can be. (laughs) But yeah, I like that. And he says, hey, here's the thing. Will says, Jack sends his regards. And he's like, um, no, Jack is dead and in the locker. And he's like, "Uh, not anymore, he's not. We got him out. And he's like, well, we got to get rid of him. He's like, well, here's the thing. Well, Beckett says, we got a bigger problem. Are you familiar with somebody named Calypso? And that's when Davy Jones, there's more of that story that comes out. He says, yeah, she's not a person. It's a heathen god. And he has this big vendetta against her. I showed them how to bind her. She could not be trusted. I, she gave me no choice. We must act before they release her. You loved her. She's the one. And then you betrayed her. She pretended to love me. She betrayed me. And after which betrayal did you cut out your heart, I wonder? Mm-hmm. You find out, it's like, well, what happened was she pretty much stood him up. On mm-hmm. After ten, 10 years, he shows up, she's not there. And so he gets really mad, and so, you know, like a boy stood up at prom, he's gonna get revenge. And so he yeah. tells the brethren court, you got you want to bind up Calypso? She's not going to bother you? You need to put her in a human body, and I'll tell you how to do it. And then there's something I didn't get for the first maybe five years that I haven't seen this movie. 
because when Will puts it together, says you did that. You're you're the one that loved her, and she's the one that you you know. He's like, and you betrayed her. He says, no, she betrayed me. And Will says, after which betrayal did you cut out your heart? I wonder. And I always took that to mean because I'm stupid. I always took that to mean he was betrayed and he cut out his heart and he did this. That's not how it went down at all. He betrayed her and then couldn't bear the guilt. Mm-hmm. Which adds a new level. Mm-hmm. So good. So now they're on this beach. Steel Guitar Beach. Yeah. You should clip that out there. sounds like there should be a tumbleweed just to go and I feel like there was a, there was like a stagehand throwing tumbleweeds and they're like it's a pirates movie you know, I've actually seen tumbleweeds tumbleweeding and it is the most surreal sight of them just <laughs> and it was in time to some really heavy metal music actually when I saw this happen out in Oklahoma our lives are so different um it was really strange <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sort of watching it and going like oh that's real that happens. That actually happens. There was a lot, too. I want a sarsaparilla and a gallon hat. Yeah, I did. Ten gallon hat. No, I'll just take the one gallon. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have a half gallon. Make sure it's... make. <laughs> I'll take a half gallon, and we're going to make sure it's zero percent. Wow. All right. So now they're on this beach, and they're having this discussion. And, and and we might mention that Davy Jones apparently can be on land if he if his feet are in buckets. His feet are in the buckets. He's in bucket shoes, man. Bucket shoes. That is, okay, so that actually, have you ever seen the movie Ever After? I have. It's been a while, though. Now, in that movie, for those of you who are unaware, and we're not going to spend too long on this, Drew Barrymore plays sort of a Cinderella-esque character yeah. where she befriends, I kid you not, Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Let that sink in for like two seconds. Right. Cinderella is best friends with Leonardo da Vinci. Right. One of the things he develops are shoes that look just like miniature boats so he can walk on the water. Mm-hmm. So what this is, it's the exact opposite. What he needs is water shoes, like bucket shoes. <laughs> yep. So if he can he just be friends with Leonardo da Vinci... Then he could get himself some bucket shoes and it'd be fine. Those two, if they started a band, they could rule the world. <laughs> they could open for Wild Stallions. <clears throat> the point is... Davy Jones and Leonardo oh, da Vinci. Bucket shoes and da Vinci. <laughs> bucket <laughs> shoes. Nice. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Anyway. It's the name of our band. So they have this this thing where they're like, hey, we're going to like just. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> got that? All right. So basically they're going back and forth about what's going to happen. And Beckett says, you can have a choice. You can choose to fight where all of you will die. Or you can or you can surrender, in which case most of you will die. <laughs> and Elizabeth says, I propose that we do a trade here. You give us Will, and I'll give you Jack. And at first Barbosa's like, uh, no, you can't do that. And she's like, king. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so Jack goes off to do the... Uh, you know, not before Barbosa Barbosa snags the uh, piece of eight off He does. Of them. Gets his, his uh, pirate lord mm-hmm. thing at his little friendship bracelet off of his face. From camp. From camp. That's, that he, that's, that he that's went with tucked into his, his dreads. Yeah, his his little half of the BFF. I feel like we should name the camp. Um, the camp is called... Uh, it's got to have like a name that sounds made up. Uh, Asiago Pirate. Well, I was going to quote Psych and go Camp Tiki Hama. Tiki Hama. 
if you've ever Tia, watched Tia, Tia Hama. Can't TV Tia Hama. Oh, Tia Hama. Oh, what you are. I, but the thing is, I imagine them as kids. If, if there but is I a, still, any psych fans out there, they will get this. I still imagine a Jack Sparrow kid, but he's still got the beard. <laughs> Just like, like a, a little, kid. yeah, he's got like the two, the little beady things. He made those at camp too. It's he like got a the beads beard. done in his in his uh, his braided beard. Tia Hama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel better now we've named it. It makes it more real for me. Anyway, Camp Tia Hama. But okay, so. Jones can use bucket shoes, and now there's going to be a war. I think that's the takeaway from that scene. And pirates go to camp. Went kids camp. All right, they get back on the on the. They make tie dyed shirts. Mostly just blood, though. Mo- yeah, it's it's they make tie dyed sails, and it's mostly just blood. Yeah, the pearl has black sails because they kept redoing them over and over in the tie. Nah, someone just spilled the ink. Ah, was it Davy Jones? Was he at Camp Tiahama? <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. I We almost forgot. While the Brethren Court is meeting, Tia Dalma is in the brig. And who should meet, who should visit her but one, Davy Jones. Who appears out of nothingness. He's a magic pirate, and he should get all the way off my back about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, I need to show you pitch meeting before I go home tonight. But that's... Anyway. So... I do like the way that they introduce the scene. She's kind of lamenting and she's listening to her little music box and she closes it. And then two seconds go by. Maybe a whole second goes by. And you hear the haunting melody of the music box coming from not the, her music box. And it's a slightly different key. Mm-hmm. And she turns and there's Davy Jones holding his music box. And they have this thing. And I love their conversation. Ten years I devoted to the duty you charged me. Ten years I looked after those who died at sea. And finally, when we could be together again, you weren't there. Why weren't you there? Is my nature. Would you love me if I was anything but what I am? I'm going to have you take that back for a second. But she says, he says, why weren't you there? And I love her answer and her face. Again, Naomi Harris can, she can paint a word picture Mm -hmm. with nothing but an expression. And it's amazing. She says, it's my nature. And he, Davy Jones does not find that as a satisfactory answer. You went a little Bill Nye there with the way you said that. What? Satisfactory answer. (laughs) It's very Bill Nye. I will take that compliment, madam. You're welcome. So, anyway, they she's like, you know, <clears throat> they're having this conversation. He's like, so what have you planned for your captors? And kind of like testing out the waters. He's like, I don't know how, how screwed I am here. He's like, so what do you plan? She's like, the last thing in this life that those guys are going to know is how terrible I can be. Like, she is taking names. <laughs> and she is not, she is giving no quarter. That's a nautical term. But one point she says... Have we already just... Though, wait. We forgot to mention the fact that they're... Before the Brethren Court gets brought up, it gets revealed that she's Calypso. And that was one of the things that I had an issue with, is the fact that out of the total freaking blue, it is... We're, we're suddenly... Calypso's now a thing. I feel like... That, and you're right. There is no foreshadowing at all. All right. At the risk of sounding a little bit fragmented, you're right. I think... 
I loved the voodoo priestess yeah, Tiadama. That's fantastic. <laughs> but I feel like you're you're 100 right. I feel like it was a hat on a hat. They were like, yeah, who's gonna wear the Tiadama hat or who's gonna wear the Calypso hat? Tiadama. Yeah. And I, it, there was an essence of it seemed a little forced. I think. And it, yeah. I think there was a possibility that they even considered the that it might be Elizabeth. I really think I, that yeah, they you're might probably right. that they floated that around. I mean, like, do you like think... in a reincarnation kind of thing. Yeah. Now, okay, so that brings us back to caught up at the cell, mm. and then she does this thing. She says, "After you know, I'm I'm gonna decimate them, and then after that, I'll be free, and then I can give you my heart." She turns him back into a man for just a moment. Didn't like it. You didn't like it? I thought he looked too costumey. It was clear, like the makeup didn't work. The 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 beard looked too fake. Mm. It just didn't translate well. It went from this kick-ass squid thing to this, like, oh, hi, fake beard man. Mm. Maybe. Okay. And call me crazy or skeptical, but fake beard man does not have quite the same ring to it as Davy Jones. So he kind of realizes he's sort of screwed, and she's like, I'm down to clown when I'm out of this, but I'm going to, like, first off, I'm going to, like, totally kill everybody that screwed me over. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And he's like, oh, shit, I found out I screwed her over. Cutting forward, fast forwarding, you get past the steel beach scene, yeah. steel guitar beach negotiation scene, mm-hmm. aka bucket shoes. Yep. Elizabeth goes back and she's like, hey, I guess we're gonna go to war. And then Barbosa's like, ah, here's the thing. We're gonna release Calypso. And that's when she's like all in like the ropes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another segment of let's talk about sex. That baby. Was just, let's talk yes, about you and yes, me. Yes. Let's talk about sex. All right. So, they bind her up. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Jeez, Leah. I mean, okay. I was 17 and sitting there and going, I don't even know about... I mean, I know about this stuff, but I don't like, no. Okay. I'm like, think, I'm not familiar. I think you and I might be fixated on different parts of this. They gather the pirate lord things. Mm-hmm. A little bit of oil. So, you've got to ignite them. And then the incantation is to say, Calypso, I release you from your human bonds. She had to say it like you were saying it to a lover. And so Barbosa tries to do it, and he's like, Calypso, I release you from your human bonds. It makes me feel like, and it's not even like there's a lot of emotion behind it. It's just loud and it's boisterous. Just, yes. I kind of feel like Barbosa has never had good sex. Oh. <laughs> I mean... I definitely don't think whoever he was having sex with <laughs> had a good time. Had a good time. I don't even know that he did because that is nothing like the pillow talk that you know. Rigetti gives. Okay, like, yeah, Rigetti gets in there. He he's knows like, how? Apparently, he like straight up gets like he like gets all up in her, her ear, her hair out of the way. Yeah, and he's like he like whispers it, and then she's like, who? Calypso. release you from your human bonds hello <laughs> like <laughs> the point <Okay>. is <laughs> okay <laughs> my point is i feel like again based on that um barbosa has not had good sex i also feel like there was a missed opportunity between tiadama and Rigetti because like yeah i kind of like their chemistry and she's like hey what's up she didn't say that but it's like this kind of look and he's like yeah, like it's, he goes in it with such gusto and like almost like trepidation. He's like, which is kind of conflicting, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. He's like, he kind of feel like he had like a thing for her, just a little bit. 
Maybe. I mean, he was going, to, like, in the second movie, he was all Mr. Philosophy and, you know, take care of your immortal souls and all that. So, I don't know. Maybe within a, a, he was kind of like the idea of being with a voodoo priestess. All right. Well, that's that concludes this segment of Let's Talk About Sex. <laughs> hey, look at six. that. It's an undead monkey. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Bang, indeed. <laughs> all right. So, I really feel like Rigetti and Tia Delma might have made that. Those crazy kids might have made it work. But then... She sort of, um, like, she sniffs up the essence of the burn stuff. And then as she's, like, transforming, Will's like, Tia Delma. And she doesn't respond. He's like, Calypso. And she, like, looks. Again, yeah. Naomi Harris is amazing. I freaking cherish her face. Anyway, point is, he's like, who? Like, who told the Brethren Court how to how to bind you? And she's like, dude, you know who it is. Tell me. Again, I'm paraphrasing. But... Yeah. <clears throat> Although, how much would you have given if she was like, dude, what? <laughs> I, that would have made the movie that much better. With that accent, dude. <laughs> dude, tell me who. No, I can't do that. Name I him. Do it. Yeah, name him. Name him, dude. <laughs> dude, God. No. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, he's like, it's Davy Jones. And she's like, okay, now here's a little thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Go betrayal on. and betrayal. Oh boy. She betrayed him because it's her nature. And then he took it to heart. And then he's like, I'm going to bind her and I'm going to tell them how to do it. And so he does. And then. What? Oh my God. I just what? forgot something. What? All right. So they do the thing. And Tia Delma raises up. She gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, something really interesting because she's like slow mo, I swear I thought she was going to say. You mother... Like, it comes across as though she's gonna, like... Kind of does, yeah. You wanna know what she's actually saying? What is she saying? She is actually speaking French. Okay. What is she saying? She's saying, across all the waters, find the path to he who wrongfully entombed me. Oof. I am sorry, but it's so good! It's so good! It's... I mean, it's 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 perfect. It's just perfectly baked in there. Mm-hmm. Love that. So she breaks down into billions of crabs. And then I found the crabs to be slightly anticlimactic. A little bit. I wanted it to be it should have been like a geyser of water or something that was significantly more potentially deadly than just being clubbed to death by a bunch of crabs. The thing is though, the crabs have kept made a motif. Now whether or not see, I kept thinking there was gonna be like a sign of cancer. Like because that's the the symbol for the cancer sign is the crab. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you'd have like this astronomy kind of thing with like, well, not wayfinding, but navigation. So that would make sense. You'd have this sort of yeah. astrological sign. But at no point can I find anything that connects specifically. I mean, they've kind of got this crab sort of motif going on on the little like locket and the. But see, that's just it. I can't find anything box. that connects. Um, calypso, the, the, the cancer calypso sign to Calypso. calypso. See, now, yeah. And the thing is, I just, I feel like I would have come across it. And, and if there's somebody out there that has that connection, please let me know. Because this is something I desperately would like to know. So, I kind of, maybe that's just like they just arbitrarily decided that's her, like, spirit animal or whatever. It just seems kind of <laughs> like, oh no, there's crabs. Yeah. Towering inferno of crabs. Nobody likes to get crabs. Nope. Unless it's snow crab legs and there's butter. Yeah, I know how you nom, feel nom, about nom, snow nom. crab legs and butter. I have seen you eat those puppies, and damn, it's just terrifying. It is has been described by many as, quote, horrifying to watch. Yeah. That's why I don't you bring... make animal noises, and not in a fun way. 
There's a lot of to unpack there. <laughs> I got a lot of questions, starting with what an, what what noises do I make, and what do you mean by fun way? But it's all just this a lot be, of slurping. Hey, you know what? This can all be done off mic. Calypso equals crabs, and then she creates a maelstrom. Okay, so apparently the maelstrom scene was shot in a uh, big, gigantic-ass warehouse in California, um, and it was like one of the, at that point anyway in cinema, it was one of the bigger, like, sequences to shoot, mm-hmm. and then they also then had to, so they had their ships, and they had them where they could move, and they could have exploding things, and they could have people fighting on them, and then the whole building rained, and they had all this lights, they have tons of lights, and just and there's literally just rain coming down from the ceiling, and all of this took place over ten weeks, and people ten were weeks. not dry for ten weeks. Well, I thought you said ten days. Ten weeks. That's Jeez. what I heard. I could have heard it wrong, but I'm pretty sure on the video I was watching that it said ten weeks, and because they at that point they had shot everything else that involved dry pants, and then <laughs> dry pants. It, it's wet pants central for ten it's weeks, wet pants. and and like. I, I remember Bill Nye saying he was like, as an actor, you have all this stuff planned out, and you you all this this eloquent and fantastic acting choices, and then you get in there and they just hit you with the rain and the wind and this moving thing, and it all goes out the window, and you are literally in survival mode and hoping that. And but then he was like, but it adds an authenticity, so it, it worked out great. Um, but yeah, they, that's that was that was their lives. They were like wetsuits. Like cut up wetsuits underneath their costumes, I, I mean, because the water had to be kept at a freezing temperature to avoid mm. bacteria from growing. Oh. And so that lasted. And, so, and apparently, that's a common practice. Like you get a wetsuit, and then you cut it to be hidden underneath the costume, mm-hmm. so at least part of your body is not saturated. Either way, it's brutal. But it all come. It all culminates to well, I mean, a kick-ass like, fight. When you think about it, also. You have these heavy, co- you have these costumes that already they're historically accurate, beautifully created. Many of them, they're you know, you have your silks and your wools and and whatnot, and then they're being laden with all this water, mm. <laughs> and then you have to act. So this this battle is one of the most epic battles. Mm-hmm. And there's so much stuff happening. Um, I will say this: Barbosa gets into it. Yeah, he's great. Bosa freaking owns. He's one of the, he's pretty much the best part. <laughs> oh, that's what my notes is. It's his epic pirate fight, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I really love this epic pirate fight, mother. <laughs> During this fight, Mercer ends up. There's a big explosion, and the British guys are taken out, and then it's just Jones and Mercer, and Mercer kind of gets his. Yeah, Jones <laughs> literally. He he de- he he just. He tentacles him just through the face. He goes through like in the nose, mouth and eyes. the nose and the eyes and the it's ears. just perfect. And the noise that he makes oh. is just just south of sickening. And if it were anybody else, I couldn't watch, but it was like Mercer. I was like, yes. Yeah, you hate him. He's squeeze the worst. Jafar, squeeze. <laughs> God. And then Jones gets the key back mm-hmm. from the British, essentially. Now, in the meantime, Jack goes aboard the Dutchman, and he goes and finds the original two soldiers from the first movie, and they have a conversation very similar to whenever he first met them about the difference between the Interceptor and the, um, whatever the other boat the was. The Intrepid? The Endeavor? <laughs> no. That was from the first movie, where oh, he's like... the Interceptor. Yeah. but and the, and the other boat that he gets on, and they're like, you can't be on this boat! Mm-hmm. They're like, you know... The Dauntless. The, yes! Between the Dauntless and the Interceptor, that's mm-hmm. it. 
And so you have a really kind of rehash where they're like, well, we have to guard the, the chest because of the pirate, the fish people. But if there was no chest, then we wouldn't have to guard the chest against the fish people. And then while they're arguing, Jack takes the chest. And um, then they realize that they don't have anything to guard, and so they run off and they become pirates. Great. And you know what? It's a pointless, <laughs> it's really a stupid, pointless conversation. It slows down all of the energy, it and it's a needless rehash. It Thanks, really I hate it. It does. Thanks, I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's awful. The best thing happens, though. It's a mixed bag. But at one point, they're fighting, and Will grabs Elizabeth, and he says, you know what? Marry me. And it's like, they decide they're going to get Barbosa to marry them. And I love it. I'll say this. I cannot imagine a better proposal than a sword fight proposal. And I love their sword fight wedding. Barbosa has this wonderful thing where they are having a wedding in the middle of a sword fight. Mm-hmm. Or a sword fight in the middle of a wedding. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. I don't care. It's wonderful. And I really like how they are using each other to, like, help. They're, like, you know, I'll, you go over, I'll go under, and all this. And I like their vows. You know, it's like, do you take me for, you know, in sickness and health? Sickness being the more likely option. <laughs> you know, and they have this wonderful thing. And then it's like, oh, you may now kiss. And then it's like, they're interrupted. You may now kiss. And they're interrupted. Just kiss. And then what's really great about that is they both turn and they, the swords cling. Because they think that, and they stop, and then they have this really epic kiss. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I want somebody to pirate kiss during a sword fight in the rain with a sea goddess and a cursed pirate. Oh, man, I want it all. That's the dream. That's the dream right there. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say this. I came to share a dream with you, Leah, and I feel a little bit judged. I'm not judging you. I'm thinking about something. Off the mic? Would definitely be off the <laughs> mic. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Will and Elizabeth get married mm-hmm. in the best possible way um, for them, especially. So, anyway, ha. Huh, okay. So, Jack has the chest mm-hmm. and he's got to get the key. But he has a chest, and of course, uh, he ends up fighting in the sails which all makes sense if you watch it. I know it's really epic, and it's a little bit out there, but it's a freaking movie about magic pirates, and I think that this stands the, the like, physics, the laws of physics. The one where he's up there on that ma- on that uh, yard arm or whatever yeah. that is? Okay, so they shot that one. That was, a total, that was a separate piece that they did with some blue screen and then rain and junk and stuff, and part of it is CGI. Part of it is also actually um, Johnny Depp and a stunt guy. Um, and I think some of it also Johnny Depp's stunt guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like when you see it from a distance, I think it's the CGI Jack, and then it kind of swings around, and the, the mm-hmm. yard arm kind of swings towards the camera, and then when it's a little bit closer, then it actually is Jack. Um, Amazing visuals. But, I mean, yeah, they're up there fighting, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a stunt guy playing Davy Jones at that point, because I don't think Bill Nighy wanted to be up on that. I, don't care. I, I wouldn't blame him. It's amazing. It The... the, the... Stakes fit well with the physics mm. built in this world, which I love. The visuals are amazing. The sword fight is stunning. And I like how you can see both of them getting more and more frustrated. It adds mm-hmm. a sort of a human touch to it. And, of course, he at one point he's like, well, you know what? I've already got the key. And Jones goes, uh-huh, no, you don't. And he shows the key. <laughs> and then Jack, you know, like cuts off the tentacle. And the whole thing goes crashing down. Will ends up on the deck. He's, you know, he's going to, like... He sees, I think, the key. He manages to open the chest, and Elizabeth comes charging in, 
and he's about to, I think he's about to, like, he's about to open the chest, I think, and then Jones sees Elizabeth, and he says, he's like, you won't see any mercy from me, and he attacks her, and she gets kind of knocked out, and he's about to stab her, and I think Will stabs Jones, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of subdued. Before this has happened, I think, at one point, Bootstrap has attacked Will. Yeah, because he doesn't realize who it is anymore, and just, Will yeah. Will sort of, like, pins him to the, the deck with his with knife. his knife. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, and it's after a bit that he, that knife, seeing that knife causes Bootstrap to realize, mm-hmm. you know, remember who he is, remember who Will is, and realize what's going on. Now, unfortunately... Unfortunately... That co- well, hang on, that, that cost him a little bit of time, and now... What's happened is Will, Elizabeth kind of wakes up, Will's been knocked to the ground, they're separated by Jones, mm-hmm. and Jones looks between them, and he's like, okay. He's like, all right. So he's just malicious and cruel, mm-hmm. and so he's like, he's going to go, and he's going to attack Will, but then he says, do you fear death? And then you hear Jack, he says, do you? And then you notice Jack has the broken sword and the heart. Mm-hmm. And at first you have this moment where you're like, it's going to be fine. Everything's fine now. It's going to be fine. And then... They have this kind of tete-a-tete, mm-hmm. and then Jones, it's like, no, I still don't care. He's like, no, he has absolutely no remorse, and he not just stabs Will, he but He stabs him, and he twists it, and he's like, does it, he's mean about it. And it was the twist that I was like, there's no way for him to survive this. Mm-mm. And I just remember being in theater, and I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And so... And that's where I got pissed off, <clears throat> because... In Shakespearean style, just in literature, but but it was made a, cl- a classic by Shakespeare. You had a wedding; it was a comedy, and a comedy ended in a wedding. Mm-hmm. This is technically a comedy, and it just ended in a wedding. It doesn't end in death. You don't end a comedy with a technically a funeral, and that's how that ended. And that's not how that works. Well, now. And it just, it took a tone that was otherwise you were quite enjoying to something really sad, really dark. It was heart-wrenching. Yeah. And that you realize there is no way out of this with all the rules that have been set in place unless exactly. we're going to do bucket shoes. Well, okay, so Jack has the heart and he mm-hmm. has a moment to gain immortality. He can stop the war. He can do this. He can gain immortality for himself and he can rule the seas. Mm-hmm. But Will will die. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, you know, taking a moment. And so what he does is he puts the heart down. He puts the dagger in Will's hand. And he forces Will's hand to stab the heart. Mm-hmm. And Jones dies. And his last word is... Calypso. And, Calypso. and he falls into the drink. So <clears throat> they manage to get out. Um, everybody else is, is, you know, like getting off the ship. they have that one little last shot, which... Uh, that is my little un- pissed offness moment, is... You know, uh, as the ship is kind of going down and as the crew is is taking Will and is going to turn him into the the new... The fish fish crew corralled him and they're saying, part of the ship, part Part of the the crew, crew, part part of the the ship, part part of the crew. crew. And uh, Jack realizes what's about to happen, does not want Elizabeth to see that, and also everybody needs to get off there anyway because they're about to go underwater. If you're not a fish person, you gets to get gone. So the fish people... um, and so he, like, shoots uh, one of the sails off and kind of grabs it and turns it into a parachute. Sort of. Kind of. Um, I don't think it was a parasail. Okay. It, yeah, <laughs> basically. But anyway, yeah, so he shoots it off, and, like, he and Elizabeth, they're swinging off into the wild blue. And 
as as we see them up there and Elizabeth is all sad and clinging to Jack, the camera pans down and we see Jack the monkey clinging to yeah. the base of the parrot sail rope. And he does a little eh, and I'm just like, no, are I, you trying to make us feel better? It's not working. I cannot stress this enough. He's an undead monkey. Jack He'd monkey have been fine. would have been fine. He'd have been fine. All right. But then, of course, I do like the, the shot of her sort of just shock and sorrow of watching the ship descend. And I like watching Jack's face where he's almost trying to avert his eyes. He doesn't really want to see her upset and he doesn't really want to see Will die. And he doesn't really want to see this, you know. Anyway, so of course, the the Dutchman is is lost to the sea, and now we realize there's still an armada, guys. <laughs> like there's still a potential war. Everybody else on the boats is like, should we get into that? And they're like, no, no, no. Let let them fight it out. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. So now, the in what is it? Endeavor. The endeavor. The endeavor starts approaching, and, and Beckett's all like, yeah. He's yeah, like, I got this. They expect he expects us to honor the agreement. He's mm-hmm. like, we're not gonna, cause I'm the dick, remember? And then, who should arise but the Dutchman? Mm-hmm. Now governed by Captain Will Turner, which it be- goes from being gross, gross, grimy, barnacly <laughs> ship to being. The ship doesn't look any different, but the crew. No, the ship does. Does it? As it is coming up out of the water, <gasps> pieces right. are falling off of it. Pieces that with this ex- grimy exterior falls off, but you see this this beautiful, clean version of the Dutchman. I thought it was so pretty either way. Um, yeah, I like the the macabre, the haunted. I do look. appreciate though that the sails do not change. They but they go from being kind of that ghostly green to being white, but they're still sort of fuzzy looking. Neat. Yeah. I want to look at that again. Yeah. All right. So now it looks as though the Endeavor, along with the Dutchman, are going to flank the Pearl. And then, of course, the Endeavor is going, and the Pearl turns instead, along with the Dutchman, and they straight up blast the bejesus as it's so, so eloquently Stop blowing holes in my ship! Out of the Endeavor. And, of course, Cutler Beckett. He realizes that all hope is lost. And he just goes down. Dead yeah, down with the ship. he just kind of elegantly walks down the stairs, and then it explodes behind him, and you see him hit the water with he's, lots of explosions. I'd like to think he's dead. I would have liked to see a body. You do see a... Well, you sort of see a body. You see the body fall on the East India Trading Company flag. It's so prophetic. It is. <laughs> so um, really, the question is, who was the greater threat? Was it Davy Jones, or was it really Dick Face McGee Cutler Beckett? You do pose an eloquent question. I do, don't I? Um, so the choices are Davy Jones or Dickface McGee Cutler Beckett. Yes. Um, I think the way to make that it's Cutler Dickface McGee. You're correct. Beckett. I I stand corrected, and you are one hundred percent right. If I really to take the the true meaning of it, mm-hmm. I'd say he, the real villain is man, because we as a species have the power to do so much damage. We do. Like the straws and the sea turtles. Exactly. Those poor sea turtles. If if they had had someone like so, Davy Jones, if Davy Jones had done his job are we burying the dead, the sea turtles would be fine right now. And are we not. truly the Dick Face McGee's? We are the Dick Face McGee, the Cutler Dick Face McGee Beckett's of the sea. And that is why I did not choose to have a straw with my water at Waffle House. I also did not have a straw, but that was mainly because I didn't want to wait for one, so... Go. 
All right, so now Elizabeth realizes she and Will are going to, like, meet on this island. I like to call the island Bone Island. Yeah. Because, you know. Because that sounds like the pirates, because pirates. Or Honeymoon, like, where they bone. Yes. Or Bone Zone Island. Shebang Island. So she, as she's leaving, you see it's an echo of everybody's original lines to her. He says, in the first movie, he introduced, or he, like, he says, Miss Turner. And now he says, Mrs. Turner. And he says, well, goodbye. You know, he says, hello, Poppet. Goodbye, Poppet. Mm-hmm. And anyway, in fact, she looks at Jack. She's, it never would have worked between us. <laughs> so she goes to the island. And <clears throat> um, let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex, sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about sex. Here's the thing. They go, um, as eloquently put, <clears throat> to plow. And <laughs> your face is so good. <laughs> okay. I do it. I do it to see the face. That was hilarious. Um, no regrets either. None whatsoever. <laughs> So, okay, a more eloquent way to put it is to consummate their marriage. Is that better? Anyway. I like the first one better. So. (laughs) To to plow. To plow. (laughs) All right. So. Again. Okay, the thing about the swords crossed. Yep. So the swords are very elegantly crossed on the beach. And then you see Will out there, and he's apparently putting everything back on again, mm-hmm. and he's putting his boots on. And then you see Elizabeth, and she comes out there all legs with wearing uh, his boot. And then like, there's lots of... Okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to need the boot. And then the first thing you see of her is, like, doing the Captain Morgan pose for that boot. Very much so. And he, like, takes the boot, and he's, like, kissing her knee. And all I could think was, okay, here's the thing. They just got out of a battle. Like, a bloody, awful yeah, gunpowder battle. Yeah, not just that, what are the odds she has shaved her legs? Because she looks remarkably well, okay. well okay. shaved. Okay, so here's a little thing here. <laughs> Remember, this is like the 1730s. I don't know. It probably wasn't a priority, it except here's the thing. It wasn't a priority. Although I do know women in Roman times would actually take, they would have, do I not need to go off on that random makeup? No, tangent? because here's my point. Okay. The camera sees her leg. There is no leg hair. Okay, fair enough. Okay. But we're also not being as authentic. Also. Clearly. You know what? I would murder somebody if I could have that kind of skin and hair coming out of a battle. Now, granted, right. I don't come out of battles too often, like once a year tops. But the thing is, I never have that good hair. And, like, I'm sorry, but, like, there is just no way. I mean, she's got to be... They both got to just reek. I mean, Will's technically dead. He was covered in fish people not two minutes ago doing He's open-heart gigantic, surgery. gigantic, yeah, this gigantic scar stitched up <laughs> spot on his chest i Which mean it's kind of hot i'm not gonna lie i mean it's hot but yeah. it's also probably still kind of sore unless it like magically healed magically all right yeah, yeah i but, guess so all right so anyway he's like anyway so they, they clearly have just had sex okay and in fact they get a little bit you know it's like he's like kissing her like leg and it like, gets up 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 and then you see like a close-up of her face where she's like moaning yep. into it oh yeah and it's like Part of me is like a little in effort. Like, I don't necessarily need to see this, but part of me is like, good for you guys. Like, mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that really bothers me. Okay. First of all, okay, 
We're still in the talk about sex segment, by the way. Yes, but but we're also still okay. <laughs> Other than the fact that I'm just royally pissed at how they did uh, Will and Elizabeth with they this did whole Elizabeth situation. Dirty. They did them both dirty. Then they get to have their sexy times post-marriage sexy times. By the way, the boats are, like, right off the coast. They're not even behind a rock or anything. Like, are you telling me that some, Somebody couldn't sit there with a spyglass and enjoy themselves some pirate porn? Yes. I'm saying, I mean, like, it's a bunch of dudes on the ship that have been there for months and months. You know, there's definitely some looky-loos. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, you've got you've got all of that, and then we're acting all like, this is fine, and then right as they're about to leave, Will and Elizabeth, they sort of stand there, and they kind of sort of put their heads together, and we're all, they're all being sad, and then Will sort of goes, Ugh, and then he starts to walk away, like, okay, are you not gonna, and then say- they have their big kiss and everything, but I'm sitting there going, there's no freaking way that I would freaking leave, not a moment, you would have to drag me off of that thing, you would have to drag me kicking and screaming what would to happen? go to work? In the middle of my honeymoon? The hell, man? I don't care. What What is going to happen? Here's the thing. Every 10 years, what is going to happen? Am I going to turn into a fish people? I'm going to turn into a fish, fish person anyway. So what's going to happen? Am I going to explode into water? Here's what the thing. is the problem? Her Do father, I just sort of... Okay. I'm sorry. Her father's dead. Yeah. It's been a war. She has seen a lot of people murder she's done a lot of damage she herself is probably mentally and physically exhausted she's just married and then lost the love of her life yeah. can't she have more than a freaking hour just please can this person can somebody have decent sex please yeah also they had sex on the beach there's sand okay they had sex in a cave there was no cave. There was a cave. There was that no was cave. Was them. It was a cave. Oh, whatever. So you're telling me they went to a weird, weird pirate cave. And yes. that does sound pretty hot, actually. Yes, okay. it does. Okay. Well, then I withdraw that. But still, the personal hygiene and the looky-loos and the sand. I still think there's got to be sand. There just has to be, Leah. There's sand. Sugar cookie action. Whoa. Didn't we look that up? Yes, was we that? did. It's called the wet dolphin which, no, I made that up. Okay. I was like, please don't look that up, but also look it up. <laughs> I made that up. There's, no, but the sugar cookie is like when you're in the mil. Isn't it like when you're in the military and you do something wrong and they make you know. run out in the water and you get all wet and then you have to roll around in the sand and that's how you have to stay all day. It's it's. I heard a speech where it was like a, a, a Navy SEAL talking about having to do that. You know, what's interesting about this is I was like, my dad was in the military, so he would know and he listens. And I was like, my dad also has listened to us having the let's talk about sex baby segments that we had on this episode. So... And- yeah. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from giving him a shout out now in hopes that we don't have to have a conversation stop. about this later. Just stop, stop. Don't stop. Just staring Please at my stop. shoes. I have to see your dad too. <laughs> well, then don't talk to him about this. I'm your father. A few minutes later. Okay, that's the end of the let's talk about sex yeah. segment, by the way. Yeah. We're yeah. done with that. For the Will and Elizabeth, they're done. They're done. Will well, has he left. Says, he's like, hey, he's got this chest. He's like, it's always belonged to you. Will you keep yeah. it safe? And she's like, yeah. And then he tells her to keep a weather eye on the horizon, and then he walks off into the water, and then you see the green flash, and Elizabeth is all alone! Yep. Standing on the beach all alone for the next freaking ten years! So then it cuts to a nondescript time later, where outside of Tortuga, there are our two favorite prostitutes! I know. And Scarlett and Giselle are arm in arm with Jack, and he is making some innuendo about his ship, which could also be maybe about his... <clears throat> sword. And... <laughs> totally. Anyway, uh, turns out Barbosa has stolen the pearl again. Again. And that's pretty upsetting 
First off, how did they get Gibbs off of the boat while he was sleeping? You know what? Not any, not important. I don't know. But then Jack is in the dinghy, and he has stolen the charts, the mythical charts. He's stolen mm-hmm. the center out of the And charts. he's looking for the fountain of youth. The fountain of youth. And then that is where this movie ends. Or does it? Well, I think that's where it was supposed to end. <clears throat> Unfortunately, this was a cash cow, and dang it, the producers, the, the studios were going to milk every last sour drop out of it. Yep. Which is why we ended up with a fourth movie. Which in turn is why we ended up in a fifth movie. And we have put a lot of debate into it. We will be discussing the fourth movie, but it is going to be a much shorter episode. Oh, yeah. But there's this little cut scene. There's this little yeah, cut scene. Yeah, at, at credits. Right after the credits. And in this scene, a little boy is singing Pirate's Life for Me, going up to, I guess, like the bluffs. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The second I saw that boy, I was like, oh, no. Because mm-hmm. it says 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And he's singing the song. There's no dialogue. And I'm trying to think if you actually see Will or not. You do. You do. You do. And what I find very interesting <laughs> is he is surprisingly clean. Like, he's got, like, his red bandana. He's had ten he's years for his, this date, yo. He's got his white shirt and everything. But when we see him again. Well, yeah. When we... when Okay. Okay. Fine. So, anyway, it's... We see... We do see Will... That's like the very last bit. You see Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, you, you see, see Elizabeth the green flash. Come, the green flash. You see Elizabeth. You see the little boy. And then you see Will. And you see he's kind of hanging on to the mast. And he looks very pristine and ready for his one day, uh, 10 year date. Let's talk about that really quick. So now he has a nine year old son that he's just about to meet for the first time. What's the mail system there? Like, can they, like, carry letters? By the way, can he, like, check in with, like, bucket shoes, maybe? Check in on that kid? Right. You know? Can maybe? we not meet somewhere on a sandbar and let him wear bucket shoes? Also, what are the freaking Could he odds? not stand, like, in the water next on the, the sandbar? What are the odds that Elizabeth would get pregnant that one time, and then on top of that, during that time period... Carry this kid to term. <laughs> and and then, also not be given... There was nothing to show that she was married. And well, that was not a good time to be considered a... I feel like a lot of the crew would have vouched. Yeah, but they're pirates. And, and I exactly also feel like... I also feel like there was probably a way for him to provide... For, for Will to provide in some financial way to help out Elizabeth. Maybe. I'm sure of it's some a... kind of, like, treasure or something or other. And I feel like Jack, Barbosa, and, and probably some of the, like, Pentel and Rigetti, I feel like, especially Gibbs, would probably yeah. check in. Yeah. And Gibbs at least had some, like, respectability to him. Yeah. I feel like it would have been okay. But all this to say, I think it would have been much better had it ended with the Fountain of Youth charts. You know, mm-hmm. just like, oh, he's going to go on an adventure. We don't necessarily have to go, because I'm exhausted from this adventure. But it'd be neat. But then the, the credit scene, and I was like, oh, no. I think Trix, who again, another shout out for Trix, fake episode for her. Um, <laughs> she was, she just went off one day and she was like, this is the most not romantic story because I guess like what? She gets to like meet him once every 10 years and they get pregnant every time because they don't really have, you know, reliable birth control and all this stuff. And what? She's just got to raise these kids by herself. I was like, whoa, Trix, way to crush my soul. <laughs> well, you know what else? He has now has a nine-year-old son that he's got to get to know, but also you want to be able to enjoy time with your wife. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Hey, kid, go over there while m- me and mom are behind this curtain. To put it delicately. <laughs> I can't with a straight face. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Pirates 3. Them, them f- ain't doing it for me anymore. 
Jeez. I'm going to bleep it. <laughs> no one's going to know the horrible thing that you said. She I'm, said I'm, I'm going to bleep that too. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're going to get some calls, I hope. But all in all, what have you learned from Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? <laughs> I've learned... I have learned that if you want to go to the land of the dead, yeah, you got to go over a waterfall, apparently. which apparently lends a lot of credit to the flat earthers. It does. It really does. <clears throat> well, I learned it's bad to have crabs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned not to piss off sea goddesses or heathen gods of any kind and i have learned that uh when your honeymoon takes place on a beach and only on a beach and when <laughs> there does not involve any cabanas or anything like that it's probably not all that romantic chances are your friends and co-workers are definitely watching <laughs> yes definitely okay i actually have a really good one okay. i learned that it's pronounced egregious i knew that's what you were gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Minnie said that. But I'm I'll disinclined to acquiesce to your request. I'll tell you this. I've learned the biggest lesson of all. You ready for this, Leah? And this goes to, to our friendship. Who does it now? I've learned that pirates, in general, are a silly, silly group. Because why, why did they search and search for gold doubloons when the real treasure was the friendships they made along the way? Those backstabbing bastards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've talked this one to death. We have. This has been a lot of fun. This has been Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End. It has. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Leah. And this has been Recommended, recommended to, to Me by, by a friend. friend. What's the big quote? Peanut. Peanut. Damn you. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> I think that was technically two, but it doesn't matter. Eh, screw it. It's our show. Bye. Bye. That song about sex, baby.